0: So right now, October 6th, Tuesday. Draft on a Tuesday in October, never before seen. Round 1, it is 7:01 p.m. Eastern Time, We're starting about 1 minute late, but it's okay because we probably got I would guess like at least 20 minutes until the first pick, Alexis Lafreniere, is officially announced. And in the meantime, we have a trade to talk about made by Montreal Canadiens. Um and I think maybe I'm not sure which one of us hates it more. It's pretty bad. It's been a while since a, a trade broke, a Montreal trade broke, and I said immediately, that's terrible, and I knew right away. I guess maybe the Edmonton one, which really wasn't that long ago, not necessarily a good sign, but every single angle I've looked at this Max Domi trade from, it's just, I, I hate it so much, and this is coming from me, who uh, notably, definitely not the biggest Max Domi fan out there, was saying, yeah, trading him is probably a good idea, but for, for Josh An- Josh Anderson, not to mention, uh, giving up the, the third-round pick, very frustrating, and I've already talked for a minute, so I'll let you take the reins on this one.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. So first of all, I just want to address the fact that it is, it is like hockey Christmas, isn't it? Because not only do we have the draft going on tonight, but it's like news bombs dropped in left and right. Obviously, we have this trade. We got you know buyouts, trade talks, rumors, all that. It's fantastic, as though we have plenty of stuff to talk about, even. You know, next to the graph, which is going to be happening simultaneously uh, to this a live reaction podcast. And so, yeah, that trade, yeah, it's just, I can't believe it. I can't believe, you know, maybe I'm still kind of shell shocked because how many hours ago was this trade broken? Like five hours at this point? Uh, it broke this afternoon. Uh, no.
0: Oh, that was like, uh, it was like, I think a little before 4
1: p.m. it broke. So, okay. How long is so that? Yeah, I'm still yeah, it's like I'm still th- off. three and a bit. Yeah, I'm still processing all my rage that I have towards this, I mean, completely unacceptable trade. And as you said, on all fronts, like, I don't know what's going on, man. Like, it's like, I talked last couple of weeks about, you know, Jim Rutherford and how, like, what is he doing? What is he doing? It makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, he's just, he's making his team notably worse. His asset management, the value that he puts on these assets is completely off. Well, you know, is is Mark Burchway trying to follow in his footsteps? Because holy crap, what an atrocious trade! So we have Max Domi and, and and a third round pick for Josh Anderson. And so you know, just take a take out that third round pick for a second, which is like salt in the wound. Just taking out, just comparing these two players, which are you know the centerpieces. Uh, I mean, it's undoubt. It's, there's no doubt in my mind that Max Domi is the better player. Yeah, he was. You know, he was almost definitely going to get traded that's been the talk for basically the entire season on the fourth line kind of the the odd man out in terms of the top nine forwards on the halves but to trade him for josh anderson who is really worse in every single capacity and then to add a third round pick on that completely outrageous unacceptable and look it's just i don't get it like one for one this trade makes no sense because, you know, I, I get that, you know, the Habs have a bunch of centers now and whatnot. But, man, Josh Henderson's no fucking good. He's a third liner. He's a third liner at best. The man was injured, you look at his stats this season, not only was he unable to stay healthy, played 26 games, those 26 games were atrocious. They were terrible. He had four points. Four points and one goal in 26 games. 26 games is is a chunk of the season. It's like, you know, that's a, what, 13-point pace? You're trading a guy with a 13... Pace this season. I understand it was a down year, but you're trading for another guy who had a down year. Max Domi, who had like forty something points in a shortened season, and so and and a guy who scored seventy points two years ago, and so just like the ceiling on Josh Anderson is, I honestly might even be like fucking lower than the the floor of Max Domi. Okay, maybe not, but it's fucking close because Max Domi, in every sense of the way, is a better player than Josh Anderson. To add a third round pick is freaking outrageous.
0: So this morning, I was thinking, because we kind of talked about this a little bit on our our episode on Sunday, that someone with The Athletic, I don't remember who, I think Corey Pronman, was talking about how Montreal... This has been linked to Caden Gooley a lot with their 16th overall pick. And neither one of us are very fond of that idea of drafting Caden Gooley. So I think maybe that was the reason why this morning I woke up, of course, you know, draft day, very excited, as I am every year. You know, bubbling, what's going to happen? What are the picks going to be? But from a Montreal perspective, I was thinking, hmm very strong chance i come out of tonight's first round disappointed from a montreal perspective with who they pick and what i didn't see coming was that the disappointment from montreal's perspective would start a couple hours in advance everything you said is true and a lot of people are disagreeing with that like i was like the initial reaction largely was columbus wins the trade and rightfully so but there were i saw more people and more notable people than i expected kind of defending this from from Montreal's perspective. And one of them was Alison Lucan, who was, I don't, don't think she is anymore, but she was a writer, like a Columbus beat writer with The Athletic for a while. And so, of course, because of that, sometimes, you know, everyone has hometown bias or whatever you want to call it, or when you're more familiar with the players, you have a bias. But before this season, Josh Anderson was, at best, like a, an average second liner. And in the 18-19 season, I think it was, he had 27 goals, which is very good. And if this deal happened last offseason, like the twenty nineteen offseason, it probably makes way more sense and seems a lot more accurate. Actually, no, that's not even true. Yeah, that yeah. Yeah, let me uh, now I remember that Domi was coming off a off a 72 point season. So absolutely never mind to that. But anyway, the point that was being made was Josh Anderson was a consistent, good middle six forward for a long time. And then this season was a down year, a very bad down year, but still just one down year. And of course, there was the injury, which I'm not exactly sure what it was. And based on the numbers, it looks like he may have, may have been playing injured that time, too. I hope he wasn't at 100% when he got the one goal and three assists in 26 games. But so it, I guess what the argument is, not an argument I'm making, but multiple people are, is that Anderson bouncing back and becoming fully healthy And maybe scoring, you know, 20 goals again is not outside of the realm of possibility. And that would make the trade look a lot better. But here's the thing. Here's the thing with that is when you make a trade on the day of, which is today the day of, by the way, you have to evaluate the assets as they are right now and not as you think maybe they're going to be. And a lot of people, that's the opposite of what they think. And we've had this discussion before because you're always talking, oh, you got to wait to see how the trade plays out and it's like, no, you don't. Because I see right now that Josh Anderson was at his absolute lowest possible value. He was just on a 13 point pace. He's coming off an injury and nobody knows if he's going to ever be able to return to the form he was at before, or if he's going to be a fourth liner for the rest of the year. And meanwhile, you have Max Domi also not as, not as absolute high, absolute highest value. And but it's still, like, Josh Anderson was just so, just a lower value asset. It's that simple. And throwing in the third round pick also, too, is just the salt in the wound. Like, just a d- Domi for Anderson trade, one for one, I wouldn't have liked it. I think people's, like, uh, Brian Wilde on Twitter threw that out this morning. Like, oh, there's some Domi for Anderson ru- uh, rumors. Do we like it? And almost everyone said no. And the fact they threw in that third round pick, I mean, like, okay. for I think I, yeah, I mentioned this to you right away. Like, if it was just a third round pick for Josh Anderson that Montreal gave up, I'd be like, eh, all right, that's fair. And meanwhile, Max Domi is the premier asset going the other way, so, so not not, not a fun trade, not a fun transaction.
1: No, not at all. And, and yeah, really, the trades. I think we've hammered this message throughout. You know, the year we've been podcasting is when it comes to trades. It really is. A lot of it is it like how I make my evaluations is in the moment, right? And obviously, you take that ceiling, that potential into account. For all the assets, but that's only a part of what you have to. Well, you have to take into account when it comes. What do you have to use to calculate in order to see, you know, who's being smart, who's being a dumbass, and clearly the the idiot in this scenario uh, is Mark Bergerman with just you know Dunscap all over his freaking head and uh, just yeah, they're just there. I mean, like sure, uh, Josh Anderson is a nice piece. I mean, nice player could be a, as you said. At his best, like, an average second liner. But, like, the fact was, like, look at his season. He had a down season. And, yeah, you're trading a player a down season for a down season. But one down season scored 40 points. And the other one scored four points. And so, you know, and then and then to add that third round pick, which, you know, really it adds a degree of like a, a degree of absurdity to the trade. Because one for one would have been bad enough. I would still be ragging on Mark Bergerman if it was one for one. But to have that third round pick... Which, you know, that's a considerable pick. We're talking about fifth round yeah. picks for Jake Allen. Yeah, like who who like fifth round picks, I it's fine, whatever. But third round pick, you know, you start getting into the territory where you really start to see some gems, you know, way more often in the third round than the fifth round, all that. You know, like, you know, we're talking just the first thing that comes to mind, like right him Point. But obviously he's not the only guy, right? Uh and so yeah, it's just it's it's uh it's a bad fucking trade. And you can tell from day one and and I don't expect it to, uh, to you know, get, really get much better going forward. Because even if Josh Anderson really breaks out somehow, you know, Birchman gets lucky or whatnot. Well, we'll still be looking back on this trade and looking at their val- the their respective values today and saying, man, we could have gotten, you know, we should have gotten, uh, you know, Josh Anderson and more given their values today.
0: Yeah, it's similar to the original Max Domi trade for Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, almost every Montreal Canadiens fan says this is a terrible deal. Alex Galchenyuk, I know he's been kind of disappointing as of late, but, I mean, you don't have to look that far to see that he's a much more effective player than Domi had been with the Coyotes for those past couple of seasons. But then Bergman got lucky. It ended up working out great. Galchenyuk couldn't really find his form, and Domi found a stride that one season, which we can kind of see now is probably the anomaly, but it worked out. That doesn't change the fact that at the time the trade was made, they could have, or maybe not could have, but should have gotten more in the return for Kalchenyuk than just McAdomey. And uh, yeah, I think that's the point we both kind of have been trying to make. And I don't know if this is is just me, but I feel like that third-round pick, obviously, you know, it, it doesn't really apply, but the fact that we're on draft day and that pick is going to be made tomorrow makes it sting a little bit more. Especially since, you know, I've been playing around on that mock draft website and every time I get to like, oh, pick number 78, Mm -hmm. who should Montreal take this time on on this fake simulation? And now that just, it's gone. Very sad. Makes me very sad. And I don't think I was the only one who, I saw the notification, the cat friendly tweet for the trade. That was how uh, I found out about it. And it took my brain. I was so like a Max Omi for Josh Anderson trade. I knew it was in the in the realm of possibility because people had been talking about it. So that wasn't what surprised me. The third round pick was what surprised me because I was fully expecting it to land in the two Montreal from Columbus side of the deal. Domi for Anderson and the third rounder. And it took me like a full 10 seconds to be like, wait, the third round pick. Wait, did they, is that a typo? Is that in the wrong? Is this tweet going to be deleted and they're going to, you know, redo it without that third round pick mistake? Nope, they did not make a mistake, and uh, yeah, Montreal lost that that third round pick. Very sad. Yeah,
1: I mean, I had the same reaction. I had exactly the same reaction. I saw, you know, Domi in a third for uh, Anderson, and my brain processed it at first as Anderson in a third for Domi, uh, because yeah, that's what we expected. Like I saw those. I saw those Anderson for Domi rumors this morning and ought to be totally honest. I kind of like, you know, willfully ignored them, hopefully, uh, hoping that it wouldn't manifest itself, which unfortunately it did uh, and, and in a spectacular fashion. And so just, uh, yeah. And, and and speaking of you, you talk about, you know, it, it feels like it stings more uh, now that we trade this draft pick away. Number 78 on the day of the draft. Well, the fact of the matter is, I mean, the draft pick is worth more today than it has ever before right? Because it's just that much closer to becoming a tangible player. You still have the option of choosing whoever you want at 78, but also, you know, it's just the the timeline has shrunk. The, the timeline has moved, has uh, moved farther along. And so, you know, if you're talking about the 78th pick last, like we're talking about this pick and we're talking about 12 months ago. Well, I mean, like it, it has less, it has more value now than it had then, because now you're one year closer in whoever this player is going to be. You're one year closer in his development. And so not only is it like a like a, you know, a feeling of like, OK, it's things more because, you know, we've been expecting to have that pick. But also, you know, just like literally it had the pick has more value today than it did a year ago. Right. And that's why, mm-hmm. you know, picks picks that come in, clo- picks that are closer and ti- time wise. I, I don't know how to phrase this properly, but, you know, picks that are sooner are worth more yeah, than, I picks that you, are, you know, further down the road. Yeah.
0: Speaking of stinging, uh, there's a bug walking towards me on the carpet right now, and it's a very large bug. Uh, I don't think it will sting me, but I felt like I should mention that. I gotta get that out there, you know. Gotta be comfortable, right? uh man, that's it's really, it's like a an ant fly sort of thing. It's oh. it's large. Yeah. Well, anyway, bugs um, it's. Hall? I thought they'd be uh, done by hmm? now.
1: What's Watch, happening? Bug season was over. bug season oh, was ne- over. Bug,
0: se- bug season's never over in in the suburbs. <laughs> anyway, that's not even a real. I just made that up. We just we have bugs in our house sometimes. <laughs> Uh, anyway yeah no one take uh whatever anyway what time is it 7 16 now uh so what's ooh, gary maybe about? this started yeah oh you see gary Bettman? because gary Bettman gary ended Bettman. for me about a minute ago okay I, yeah, my feet i was is listening late, to so him yeah because i was, I was listening to you not to him. okay so your feed's right. late so am i just gonna i guess i'll just spoil the picks for you before you see them yeah
1: of course i guess that's how we'll do so, this uh, thing. okay exactly. right now i
0: see four minutes on the clock for new york to make their pick so okay. we might be Stop. approaching official Lafreniere to New York time, uh, unless yeah. they totally blow us away and go with Quinton Byfield. As some someone was like, "Oh, what if they did that?" But they won't. The, honestly, it's more likely that they accidentally take Alex Laferriere, projected fifth round pick, <laughs> than take Quinton Byfield. Uh, yeah, so we really are approaching pick time. But, but before the Domi trade broke, uh, there was another smaller piece of Habs news that I thought we'd be opening the show with before I knew the Domi trade would break, and that was Carl Alsner's buyout and this transaction is much more pleasant and agreeable than the Domi trade, which is uh, I don't know, a little bit sad considering that this transaction wouldn't have existed without a previous terrible transaction made about three years ago, and that was signing Carl Alsen in the in the first place. But this, this it makes sense. It makes sense. I don't like buyouts a lot of the time, like the Steve Mason one. And the even the Justin Advocator one that the Red Wings made today. I was like, well you're probably gonna suck next year again. Maybe wait another year to buy out Advocator, and then you shave a year off of the the end of the, the cap hit. I I think really like a last resort for the buyout. But with alston I think, well, it probably was. You're not going to find a taker for him. He's an, an AHL defenseman uh, with a $4.625 million cap hit for the next two years. And here I was looking on Cap Friendly on uh, how the cap hit lays out. And it's it's not that bad. They save, I think, not that much this coming season. I don't remember, like one point something million, maybe like two million. The year after that is where they have the biggest savings, it's almost three million, I think. And after that, when Alsner would have been gone, so the cap it would have been zero at that point, now it's about eight hundred thousand dollars. So so uh, a negligible well, maybe a little more than negligible, that's like a a a League Min player. But I mean for the savings that you're gonna get uh this coming season, but mostly the one after that, I think it's probably worth it.
1: Yeah, this is Honestly, probably the brightest spot of Carl uh, Osner's tenure here in Montreal uh, for me as a fan. And uh, and that's... Wait, that's you're really forgetting the first time how- he was
0: placed on waivers and how happy
1: we were. <laughs> it's true. But this one might be better because this one, I actually, I see this move in a positive light. Like, like like real positive, you know? And, like, the sticker shock has worn off on Carl Osner and... Uh, And yeah, now he's just a guy in the, in the rocket. And well, actually now not anymore, but he was up until today. And so, yeah, you talk about cap wise, I have no idea how they break down, you know, like year in, year in, uh, like year by year, uh, how much of the cap he takes up. But, you know, honestly, for the Habs, this is probably the best, uh, breakdown you could get, uh, this year they have, you know, a considerable amount of cap space. Then you only save a million dollars. It's all good. And then you save like $3 Three million dollars next year when all those UFA's come in, and then further down the road, you're only really paying eight hundred grand, and eight hundred grand is really it's not much. Uh, and so you know, uh, now I don't have to think of Carl Osner too much. Uh, the only thought will be when I scan the cap friendly page and I see his name in the buyout section, which is better than seeing his name uh, on the roster section. And so uh, you know, Carl Osner, I You know, I don't hate the guy. I can't blame him for taking the dough. Uh, of course, that's what you got to expect. Uh, these people are trying to make a living here. But, uh, you know, really just the blame, the, blame falls on... Just wish he chose on... the
0: Jets instead. That's really it. Wish he chose... Exactly.
1: And make, but... Exactly. And and really the blame falls on Bergevin for throw, for signing that albatross from day one, mind you. Like like everybody knew going into that July 1st. Like this is a completely terrible contract, Where whoever he signs with. And, and that manifested itself. And so, uh, you know, it's been a tortured era here. In Montreal for Osler, by all accounts, mm-hmm. he took it in stride. Uh, was a hard worker in the AHL, and uh, best wishes to him. I have no yep. hard feelings toward the fella, only towards Mark Bergevin for making the signing.
0: Yep, uh, the Rangers' clock was down to about thirty seconds, and it says pick is in. Oh, really so thinking hard, right down to the okay. yeah, right down to the wire. Oh, it looks like Bergevin, uh, Berger- Gary Bettman might be making an announcement. I don't know if he's doing the draft picks. I Actually, have no idea, so I'm just going to turn it up and listen. Oh, Gordon's about to make the pick. Okay. The first pick in the Yo, they There we go. Lafreniere. It's Lafreniere. Did you hear it? Yes, I did. Okay. No you can hear my TV there. when I turn the volume up? Yeah.
1: I can hear your TV when you turn it all the way up like that. Okay, um, I'm turning
0: it back down now.
1: Okay, so yep. uh, that's.
0: No surprise there? huh. No? Yeah, so now they've cut to to Lafreniere. He's taking off his vest thing, and they brought over. Uh, I guess maybe that's his dad. I'm not sure. Uh, he's oh, he's got a Rangers jersey with his name on it. Not such a surprise. He's got his Rangers cap. I know they like mailed uh, caps for all thirty teams to not thirty one teams. Sorry, to any potential first round pick. So they've all got like their hats right at the right at the right on command, and nobody's talking. It's very awkward. They're just we're just watching the Lafreniere family. As he puts on his jersey and his hat and he poses with his family for a picture. And oh, maybe good. people are talking actually, my volume's actually down pretty low. So I guess that would explain it. Maybe
1: it isn't as awkward yeah, as is. I thought. Yeah. yeah. That that New York that New York uh that boardroom where they were sitting, that was that was just white men, man. Old white men. If you, you look oh, at the yeah, shots, yeah, yeah, yeah. holy shit. Yeah, you it's watch I
0: noticed that every year when I watch the Dre well not every year. More recently I've become really more aware of it. Last year, uh it was it was. I can't even remember. Like, except like Kim Pagula was the only woman I can remember coming up. Maybe there were others, but any team, good luck finding more than one, maybe two, non-white men that are in their the draft room or anything. I think the Seattle Kraken actually have already hired uh, some non-white men, which is pretty nice, very good actually, and very crucial for the growth of the sport. But uh, Rangers are lagging behind a little bit, much like everyone else.
1: Yeah. And so uh, pretty striking, uh, you know, visual, you know, visual signal that we need some work to be done. Uh, not only on the ice, but obviously in management positions when it comes to minority people of color, women and all that. Okay, so where do we go from here uh, while we kill this time before uh, who's next? The Kings are making their pick. Yeah, this is probably the pick I was most excited about, to be
0: honest. Like, like Stuessler, yeah. Byfield, like no, nobody knows. Still, nobody knows, and it's mm-hmm. so, it's really cool to get that uncertainty that soon in the draft because last year Hughes Kako, everyone knew. Before that, Dallin Svechnikov, everyone knew. Histor Patrick, uh, there was a little bit of debate about the order, but everyone knew that was the top two. Matthews Linea makes David Eichel, Ekblad Reinhardt. Uh, The last time there was a surprise second overall that I can think of was Alexander Barkov in 2013. Most people thought Seth Jones would be going there. And now Stutzla versus Byfield, uh, nobody knows. Like, apparently, uh, Corey Pranman says that the majority of people get the sense LA was leaning towards Tim Stutzla, but uh, it's not unanimous by any stretch. And we both think that Quinton Byfield would be the smart pick, and a lot of people agree with us. I think if they, they overthink this and go with Tim Stutzla, it, they might end up regretting it. Um, but but that's oh, yeah. honestly what I expect to happen. I think Stutzla, I,
1: that's,
0: that's the one I'm expecting here. But actually, either one, I'd be like, wow, that's a little surprising because it's kind of pretty close to 50 50.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So you said it. I think we, we do both prefer Quinton Byfield here. But yeah, I mean, like all the talk, at least what I've seen, is people putting Stutzla over Byfield. Uh, you know, rumors fly in for the second pick and even just rankings in general. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at Bob's list right now. He's got Stutzel over Byfield. And so, you know, lots of Stutzel buzz, which, yeah, I think I think Byfield's the better player. I think if he falls to Ottawa, I'll be sad because he'll be in the division, and I don't like the Senators. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and I'd feel bad for him for having to go to the Factory of Sadness over there. And so, uh, yeah, hopefully the Kings, I'm cheering them for Jake Byfield. That would be cool. Um, but I, I actually, at this point, I would be surprised if I saw Byfield. I'd be more surprised if I saw Byfield than if I saw Stutzla getting picked.
0: Yeah, that, that would be like, that's like ideal for Ottawa. Like you drop to the third. Well, actually, no, that pick wouldn't have dropped, but you get the third pick and then Quinton Byfield, maybe a franchise center, falls into your lap because the Kings overthink it a little bit and go with Tim Stutzla. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be great for the Sens and thereby bad for us. But uh, yeah, a lot of people... I don't know. I was gonna say something else, but but I forgot what it was. Whatever. Anyway, minute and a half left on the clock for the Kings, and I don't know. There's something about this, like you know, the virtual draft. Of course, they have to do it this way, but I don't know. Just the energy's a little off. I don't know. You, like? I guess you probably feel the same way.
1: Yeah, man, it's just not the same. It's just a bunch of not the same bunch of bunch of white dudes sitting around in a conference room. And then in the TSN studio, it's just like there's no fans, there's no excitement. You don't, you know what it is? You don't see the GMs all sitting in like in the in the on the floor. The floor is cool. Yeah, just watching all the tables, the teams and their management, and like you know, it's like uh it's it's the one time really. Well, other than the GM, But it's the one time that we get to see them all in one place, right? All the GMs and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, there have been there have been you know times of of people moving table or like walking around. Going to another GM and like physically talking to them, and that's fun. And then you get some chatter going. So you know, obviously, I, I think for sure that you know, there everybody's calling each other and whatnot, trying to figure stuff out. But uh, you know, we just don't get to see it. We don't. We don't get a gauge. And on uh, the thirty-one teams, the news will just show up. And it's. I think there's definitely an agree, a degree of excitement associated with. You know, you look around, you see everybody on their phone, you're wondering what's going on. Here, we don't really get to see any of that.
0: Yeah, what I was gonna say before that I forgot about the third pick, uh the Sens, if LA takes Stutzla here, which their pick is in by the way, uh then Byfield is officially part of the Eric Carlson return for the Sens. So again, the third overall pick, good enough, and obviously some other pieces. And we all thought that was a terrible trade at the time. Well they might get well, they will get either Quentin Byfield or Tim Stutzla for it. Now Gary Bettman's talking, so I assume they're going to head over to the LA Kings uh conference room in a very short amount of time. Yep, here they are, here's someone at a podium. Turning it up. The Los Angeles Kings are proud to select with the second pick in the 2020 entry draft. From Sudbury Wolves in the Ontario Hockey League, Quinton Byfield. Byfield. Damn. Okay. Hey. Okay. I'll, all right. Quinton Byfield. He's got his family there, a bunch of people celebrating. Uh, I hope they've all tested negative recently, but I, I won't judge too harshly, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, a little surprise, little surprise that they oh. went with the the right oh, pick, yeah. but that is absolutely the right pick. That's a number <laughs> one center. They've already got a bunch of uh, great centers. They've got well Kopitar. He's still got four years left on his deal, and he's still not bad at all. Now they got they've added Quentin Byfield to Alex Turcott, Gabe Velarde, Jared Anderson, Dolan, Rasmus Kupari, Akil Thomas. Uh, They're going to have to move a bunch of them to the wing for sure. I don't think Byfield's one of them. I think that uh, he is going to be pushing Anze Kopitar very hard for that number one center spot before Kopitar's deal is up.
1: Yep, 100%. Uh, This guy's a stud. Uh, And, uh, I mean, right pick. LA made the right pick. And as I said, right before they made the pick, I'd be surprised. uh, They they did end up going with Quinton Byfield. When he said uh, OHL Subbury Wolves, uh, my ears perked up. I was like, oh, okay all right okay good for you uh and uh yeah i'm relieved i i do it. and uh you know ottawa doesn't get him. that's good uh, is he the highest black player to ever be selected in the in the draft uh yes he is actually uh
0: seth jones went fourth he was they were saying he might you know go first that year And there was an article about it in the hockey news but he didn't he fell to fourth evander uh, kane also went fourth overall his year quinton byfield number two that's the highest So that's a great uh, barrier still being broken. Great for Quentin Byfield. Awesome to see. And uh, I am much happier that he is going to be successful with the Kings than with the Senators. Now is the question that we've all been waiting for. Do the Sens overthink it and go with, I don't know, Yaroslav Askarov or Jack Quinn third overall? Or do they stick with Stutzla? Uh, I think I don't think they'll get too fancy here. I think fifth is where they might get a little bit too creative. But I think Pierre Dorian had an interview after the first phase of the draft lottery where he said there's a, he sees it as a tier of three and then the next tier of nine. And based on Bob's list, I would be inclined to believe that that tier of three is Lafreniere, Byfield, Stutzla. So I'd be very surprised if Tim Stutzla wasn't the Sens pick in a few minutes.
1: Yeah, there there really is a tier of three in my eyes as well, um, and I mean they're they're going in the order that I that that I think in terms of quality of prospect, and so I don't expect them to clown around. They have, they have a pick in two, they have a they have pick number five too, so uh, no need to, to screw around here. Go for a, a dumb position pick, or or even go with Jack Quinn, which wouldn't which would not be ideal, I believe. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I mean I mean no. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I fully expect to see Tim Clutzel. Anybody else? is a total surprise, uh, just just amplified by the fact that they do have the fifth pick. So, you know, really best player available here, they better, or else, what are you even doing?
0: Yeah, after the sense pick, I guess we'll talk about that after the sense pick, but Detroit's where it really starts to open up, because there are like at least five or six players that have been linked to the Red Wings a little bit, probably Cole Perfetti's been linked there the most, but like, Lucas Raymond, Marco Rossi, even like, you know, Drysdale was your pick in the mock draft. I saw Alex Holtz in another mock draft. And someone even said like, they might be eyeing a a little bit, you know, that potential franchise goalie when you have no goalies in the system, uh, you know, maybe it could be a little bit tempting for the Red Wings. And Eiserman of course, hasn't tipped his hand at all. Meanwhile, the Ottawa Senators have two minutes and 40 seconds left on their draft clock. Uh, the clock is five minutes this year. I don't remember, was it I thought it used to be three minutes. Have they like added two minutes this year or was did they change that last year? Do you remember? Uh,
1: yeah, I have no idea. I can look into that right now if you want. Um, yeah, who draft cares? time per round NHL Well I think I think the NFL added some time because their draft was virtual as well all the way back in April. Um, okay, and... it does
0: make sense, I guess now that it's you know in case of any technical difficulties or something add yeah, exactly. a little cushion time. Yeah. Uh and I, I feel, I like, I feel like there hasn't been as much time that. between picks also. At least I know that's just we're just two picks in. But uh maybe it's just I don't know, maybe it's just cuz I'm talking in between on the podcast, but it feels like there it's been a little bit quicker between those two. I know it's just two, but we're already down to under 2 minutes left on the sense clock and or maybe there's absolutely nothing. That claim is totally baseless. Yeah, flying think, by we're already 7:30. Think... We've already been on for half an hour. Crazy.
1: There we go. I think I think it's just the product of we're vibing here we're chilling we're talking it out and uh yeah. really not you know like you're watching alone or even you're just texting with a friend there still is you know a significant amount of dead time uh but here we're just chatting chatting and chatting and then makes sense we're having fun and uh yeah i was flying by and so uh yeah it's
0: good stuff uh-huh. a couple years ago the 2018 draft we watched that one together As well, in the exact same spot where I'm sitting right now in my basement, that was the Kakanyemi draft, so it was nice that we were there to comfort each other in the the hard time. Uh, Maybe that's not too nice, but we were both (laughs) hoping for Philip Zadina. Uh, Kakanyemi's turned out, uh, well, so far better than Philip Zadina, of course, it's a little too early to tell, but at the time, we weren't too pleased with that selection. And last year, which seems like way more than a year ago, which kind of was, it was like about a year (laughs) and a quarter was the 2019 draft, the Caulfield draft. And we've definitely told this story before, but that was our prom night. And I'm not sure what you did after prom. I think you, you went to after prom like everyone else, probably. Meanwhile, I went home and I watched the draft, which had PVR and I stayed up till about 3 a.m. just chilling in the basement, watching the draft, the Caulfield pick, all the other picks, of course, watched that whole first round and then got up the next day for rounds two through seven. Huh,
1: ha, that's, 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 that's so much fun, right? Yeah, we go. You got prom and then uh, you head home and uh, you just fucking you got a draft on record. When do you have that ever going on? And so, uh, yeah, draft night is always lots of fun. Yeah, as you said, two years ago, we're watching it together. Last year, we had prom on the same night. And then obviously the Caulfield pick, which, you know, stuff of legend right there since we were both pretty big fans of him going Sens into pick the draft. In.
0: going to interrupt you. i oh. going to Batman. Okay. I'm going to turn it up. Here we go. I'll probably go to Dorian or something in, uh, in mere seconds. So listening in
1: those social oh wait a right second ottawa.
0: it's the jeopardy music what are they doing oh alex trebek is is alex trebek announcing the sense draft pick oh man wait wait our category today is the nhl here is the clue for you with the third pick in the
1: 2020 oh my god the
0: ottawa senator But
1: who is tim stutzel wow oh, man gotta did you love hear all it that? that was awesome did you hear all that? i did it's fucking okay. awesome let's go that was
0: amazing okay <laughs> alex trebek announcing the sense fic. that that was totally unforeseen i i thought maybe they would go to like pierre dorian buzzing in like uh, who is tim Stutzla, alex trebek and he'd be like correct pierre or something like that but that was nice that was that was creative not and damn unexpected.
1: Wow, now, look at that that. Might, that that I think that is the best pick delivery I've ever seen in any league. Oh, one hundred percent. That was that was fucking fantastic. Holy shit! Like, how do they did they like? What was the deal here? Did they have him film like uh, Byfield, Stutzel, uh, and you know what I mean? Like, based on they probably just had him like, film both of those two. They probably just had him yeah. film
0: both filmed both those two, and they played the right one. And Lafreniere, or maybe they cut case. to him live. Yeah, just to, yeah, to catch be Alexi Lafreniere. That'd be pretty crazy. But that was but, cool. uh, yeah, you think of any like famous, cool uh, draft announcements, and you just think of like the the butchered ones, like when uh, Bobby Clark forgot Claude Giroux's name in two thousand six, and uh, last year when Vancouver. The guy was like Vasily Podfusususus, so, 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 and said his name wrong. <laughs> and, and also last year when the guy said Tom said Harley Thomas instead of Thomas Harley. Like you think of all the butchered ones, that was like the first ever like actually cool one. Props to, to the Auto Centers. They got their new logo, rebranding a little bit, and that they, they get hooked up with with Jeopardy and Alex Trebek to announce their third overall pick. Here's the question though: Auto has got another pick fifth overall and another pick 28th overall. Does Alex Trebek announce both of those also?
1: Ooh, i don't know that i i don't think so um but hey they can always surprise us i I, i'm always down for a a trebek double dip here because damn like i'm just still i'm just still sitting here in shock like that was really cool that was really cool uh from the Ottawa senators um i think yeah we're both big jeopardy fans big alex trebek fans well I, i don't know if you are but i know i am uh, and, uh, I
0: was invested yeah. when James Holzhauer was on for, uh, for his there little stretch yeah. there about a year and a half ago, I was pretty invested in that, but without right, him, eh, barely interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's, no, it's, no it's, I don't watch it on a nightly
1: basis, but yeah. what?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you can see, uh, or what you see really, but he doesn't have the number 20 on his Jersey. He has number 88. So I guess that's just his number. And that's what he's going to wear with the Sens. And maybe they expect he's going to make the team out of camp whenever next season starts. I don't know. Usually you've got number 20. Even Lafrenyard number 20 because that's what the draft year is. It's 20. Uh, Stusla ties Leon Dreisaitl. They're just showing on TV now. Highest drafted German of all time. Tied with Leon Dreisaitl from 2014. And... I'm wondering if the the Sens, well, they were probably hoping for a byfield. It's not such a bad consolation. He's listed as a left winger in a lot of places, but he, I know he has played center before. He, I know he played center at the World Juniors. I wonder if the Sens, they you know don't have much in the way of centers in their pipeline after Josh Norris. And maybe if you still want to throw Logan Brown into that conversation. Do they try to move Stutzla to center, maybe a la Pierre-Luc Dubois like Columbus did? and That one worked out nicely. I could see it working out nicely with Stutzla too. I think they're going to try it out at least, and I think they're going to really hope it hits and he can be a 1C. A, a
1: yeah, I mean, that's the thing with the, you, you got these forwards where the, their position is kind of ambiguous, but the, the important thing when it comes to his development is that you don't force anything, right? You can obviously try stuff out, Uh, You know, see how it works at center, obviously, if that's a position of need, but if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out and you should just let it go, play him on the wing where you you know, he's absolutely lights out as a prospect and probably as an NHL player as well. And so, you know, the, the one scenario I think about as a Habs fan, right. Is obviously Alex Galchenyuk, right. That experiment at center, also a third, third overall pick, mind you. Uh, And just they wanted they tried to force it they tried to, to force what is it a square peg in a round hole and I mean it just didn't work out and, and that's what you that's the kind of scenario you want to avoid uh the right move for Galchenyuk's development you know looking back with the hindsight was you know just shift him to the wing and let him play his game let him play his skill game there it was clear that he never really got comfortable you know with those additional center responsibilities. And so what happened was you really kind of blew it on his development. Uh, the potential was there, and you just, I mean, what is he now? He's like a middling, middle six forward. And so, you know, hopefully that doesn't, doesn't happen for Tim Stutzel. But uh, that's that's the, the one important note I take out when you talk about, you know, position ambiguity is you really don't want to force anything, especially when you're moving a guy to the center.
0: Tweet from Elliot Friedman. Word Ooh. is Detroit is throwing a curveball, dot, dot, dot. Oh, That's interesting. <laughs> A scarab. <laughs> in yeah, well they had cider last year. I, I they still uh, their pick isn't in yet, according to Sportsnet. Also, according to Sportsnet, I wanted to mention this. Uh, they had Tim Stoops' player comparison as Patrick Kane. So maybe a little bit above that Galchenyuk level. I know a little bit of a digression on Galchenyuk. Some Habs fans would argue the opposite of what you're saying, which is that they should have just let him go play at center and figure it out and learn the ropes. And that Michelle Terrien, really what he did wrong was every time Galchenyuk would make a mistake, you would move him back to the wing. And there he didn't really give him a long enough leash so that he could actually grow, but that's that's not such a relevant discussion. Detroit's now down to under a minute, and Elliot Friedman says they're gonna surprise us. So I don't know what what Friedman's threshold is for a surprise. Honestly, any of Perfetti, Raymond, Rossi, Drysdale would not have surprised me. And now I'm thinking, well, none of those then. Askarov, Jake Sanderson, Anton Lundell, Alexander Holtz. Jack Quinn, maybe even what's it going to be? There, are, I that's nine players who I've just named, who who Detroit could possibly be taking here. And Now their clock is under 30 seconds. They're really thinking it over. To the oh, never mind. Pick is in. Watch,
1: watch, watch it be Shakira, Mukamadillan Just
0: <laughs> what? Yeah, nope. He's going to Toronto, 44th overall. You you said so on our show.
1: That's true. That's true. Okay, who do we? Hmm. Yeah, looking down the list. I mean.
0: Yeah, I'm really I think it's Asperoff. That's my that's my hunch Is, now that they're going with this yeah. Highest drafted goalie since um since Flurry in 2003 first overall. That's that's my yeah. very final wide. prediction based on that. LA. Oh, they're going to Bettman. I'm turning the volume back up again. Here we go. Okay. Draft will be made by Red Wings Director of Amateur Scouting Chris Draper. With the 4th pick very excited to select from ProLanda, Lucas Raymond Oh that's not such a surprise oh, Lucas Raymond That's not such a
1: curveball okay
0: uh I guess Elliot maybe he was wrong or he'd got misinformation that's that's a very good pick <laughs> I or maybe think. he's Lucas just Raymond, surprised he's- yeah, maybe Elliot Friedman was just surprised by, by Lucas Raymond. Uh yeah, that's a that's a smart pick. Everyone was praising him so much now on my TL. Like the prospect people, like that's their guy the last couple of days who've been pushing for. Lucas Raymond should be a top five pick. He's probably as good as Tim Stutzler is. And I guess the Red Wings agree. Like Mitch Marner has been like that's the comparison a lot of people have drawn to. He's been great in the Swedish league this season. And uh yeah, good pick. Not not a big surprise at all from uh from that end.
1: Yeah. I was expecting a real curveball. That's more like, that's a fastball right down the middle. Um, I, I put Drysdale on my mock, but I mean, this is, yeah, it's not A, surprise. a really fucking good player. And uh, as you said, right before they made the pick, uh, out of Drysdale, Rossi, Raymond, Perfetti, really wouldn't have been much of a curveball if they had picked any of them, uh, you know? And so uh, here we are, Lucas Raymond. Uh, I like the pick. Good stuff, good stuff. I mean, you know, I sat on the Drysdale pick the last couple of days thinking about it. And like, you know, maybe I do prefer a forward here, like, especially like, be, like between the, the the three other forwards, I mean, Rossi, Raymond and Perfetti, because they're just lights out. Obviously, you love a good number one defenseman. But, you know, I was, I the the value in my mind of those three other forwards of taking them at number four was kind of, was kind of rising in the last couple of days as I thought about it. And uh, clearly, Detroit agrees with me. Let's go. Yeah, I feel like
0: Raymond fits in really well with the uh, the old like dynasty Red Wings like Datsyuk Zetterberg Nicholas Lidstrom. That style of play is kind of is kind of reminiscent of that. So and Eiserman, who was a part of that team for a long number of years, maybe trying to you know build a, a similar style team that kind of reflects on that one. And I mean that team won multiple Stanley Cups, so not not the worst idea in the world.
1: Yeah, no, and uh, I mean, look, I think. I think they'll be bad again this year. Uh, yes, Steve's still dog shit, and so you know they're they're getting all these. They're probably going to end up with a bunch of these red uh, blue red chip blue chip prospects. And uh yeah, I can uh, I can I I mean I with with Iserman up in the as general manager, man. You know, it's just they're looking like they might be building something big over there. They have all sorts of players. I mean, you look at the prospects. I I see Sportsnet. Uh, I know my or my feet is kind of laid, but Sportsnet right now for me has a list of their first round picks, and they've got like uh, a fourth, fourth overall, sixth overall, sixth overall, ninth overall. just, in, just since twenty seventeen now, and who knows who they'll add next year. And so yeah, Detroit uh, with nice pick with Raymond there. Now that I think about it, yeah, they 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 already you said it in the mock draft, they already have Cider uh, on the defensive pipeline, and so yeah. Time for some Ford, an elite one at that.
0: Yeah, sends on the clock now. Number five, under three minutes to go. Uh, man, there have been rumblings the past couple days that they're going to get a little crazy. They like Jake Sanderson maybe, maybe they even like Jack Quinn. I don't think they'll go with Eskerov, but I saw a funny thing that was like, a, I don't know, like someone in the, with the with the KHL was reporting like, oh, Vladimir Putin says that if Ottawa picks Yaroslav Eskerov, then he's going to go to Ottawa, and watch him play, and he thinks that Askarov is the next Vladislav Tretiak. So it's funky stuff, uh, but but I don't <laughs> think that's what the pick. Okay. Is, I don't think that's what the pick is going to be. Uh, I thought they really liked Raymond, and apparently they were talking a lot to Raymond. Uh, obviously they can't take Raymond anymore. Um, Marco Rossi plays for the Sixty Sevens, so a lot of times you know maybe because if you're in Ottawa too, you got kind of got a close eye on them. Also. I wonder if the fact that they didn't get Byfield with the third pick and got Stutzla kind of makes them a little more inclined to take a natural center here. And Marco Rossi is the best one available.
1: Yeah, I mean this this is we talked about the two picks. So it's the funky pick uh, for Ottawa. Who knows where they're gonna go? Um, you want to make a prediction right now, which will be out of date within three minutes.
0: Ooh, uh, prediction time! I'll go with Rossi. Yeah, there we go. I'm taking Marco, and I think that's the smart pick too. I think Marco Rossi is the best, the best player here. Maybe Drysdale, but Rossi will be my pick.
1: All right, I think I think they're taking Drysdale. Uh, you got that? You know, forward. They're showing a history now on Sportsnet of uh the history of teams that had multiple top five picks.
0: The Sedins is the best one there. You've also got the Islanders in 97 with Luongo and Eric Brewer, I think, is the Brewer they were showing. And the Islanders in 2000 had Rick DiPietro and Rafi Torres with the first and fifth picks. And there was one other, like, old Winnipeg Jets from, like, 88, and
1: I had never heard of either player. So,
0: they're little fun facts for everyone.
1: Okay, that's good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, this Ottawa pick. Um, you want to you wanna touch on some other news that happened on this week? Um, oh, what else mm, well, oh, Jack Johnson lot. got bought out. That was a good move. I, Jim Rutherford tried so hard
0: to pump his tires, say, No, he's not that bad. He's not that bad. But no one believed him. So he, he cut his losses. And I mean, Pittsburgh, that is, that out of all, Jim Rutherford has, he made three trades this offseason and made that buyout. And that buyout improved the, the Penguins more than any of those other trades, in my opinion. Well, I guess on paper oh, okay. in the present day, the captain trade did, you know, add a player to your roster and make an upgrade in that sense. But, but you know what I mean? That Jack Johnson, the fact that a buyout, of your bottom pair defenseman is the only transaction you've made that makes your fans happy is a, a very bad sign. A uh, sense fifth pick is in now. I think they're going to go to Batman in a second. Okay. Yep, here he is. I'll turn up the volume. The Crank it up. Will be made by Ottawa Senators
1: General Manager Pierre Dori. Okay, no no Alex Trebek the second time. No Trebek. Thank you. First of all, I'd like to thank Alex Trebek for helping us with Shout our Shout out. <laughs> also like to welcome Tim to the organization The a little French curveball curve curve <laughs> Yo Florida, Jake, Jake
0: Sanders. Sanderson They took him No They no. took Sanderson They no. did it <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it <laughs> They Holy left riding there. it They took Jake Sanderson Oh my god Mr oh, Mr. Ryan McDonnellite, Mr. Low Ceiling, Mr. Mr. Left Shot behind Thomas Holy Shabbat. Shit. Spitting bars. I they did it. The rumors were true. The first time the Ottawa Senators, happened. their PR account, said time to profile some prospects. How about we'll start with Jake Sanderson? They they knew. <laughs> they knew. Oh yeah, they knew. They are the Sens man. Scouts are one of the one out of five, two out of ten that had Sanderson over Drysdale. That probably, honestly, had, Dry- had Sanderson ranked, like, three over By... Do you think, that was do you think if-, if the Kings took Stutzla too, that the sense would have taken Sanderson at number three? You think Jake Sanderson was third on their list? Crazy. Wow. What
1: even? Holy Bad crap. Pick. Just... Bad pick. Shocker. There he goes. Shocker. Wow. Okay, wait. I feel like... Okay, no, maybe not. My, my-, my intuition was that... Have there been like is the fifth overall pick a spot for, for shocking picks? Because I know Barrett Hayton. Oh yes. Uh, Barrett Hayton. Uh
0: maybe it wasn't a shocking pick, but Ole Ulevi at the time. Uh people thought they'd take a chuck. Ulevi wasn't like a, a shocker like this, but uh it was a bust, it turned out to be. Uh more excited was sixth, but that, that and that was way more shocking than this. But uh yeah, around here, I guess in recent years, this point in the draft, somewhere in the fifth to I don't know, eighth range. There tends to be a, a, a very surprising or very strange selection. And I mean, Jake Sanderson, the decidedly second best defenseman in the draft, is the first defenseman off the board. And I mean, if the Ducks, the Ducks, if they want to go with Drysdale here, that's a perfect fit for them. Obviously, you, I wouldn't fault them for going with Marco Rossi or Colper Fetti either. Either of those would be pretty good value numbers. Colper Fetti, yeah, maybe that one's, yeah, definitely Rossi or Drysdale. That's the way. That's the way to go for the ducks, and Drysdale would fit perfectly with that pipeline and that that Defense Corp. So
1: they, they'd have the senators oh, to thank that. if they wanted to go with that route. Yeah, one second. Let me just get the draft order because I actually realized I didn't. I uh, get that up, anyways. Uh, so yeah, just I don't know what's going on with this pick. Uh, like the uh, yeah, second best defenseman, man. And we talked about we profiled Jake Sanderson. and we talked about his red flags offensively. Clearly, there is a limited ceiling there. Uh, and so you know he's great defensively, but when you're when you're picking. In the top half of the first round, when you're taking him with the fifth overall pick, fifth overall pick, um, you, and one of the best drafts to of be all a time. home run, yeah, it needs to be a home run because there are home run players available, as you said, uh, Rossi and you know even Drysdale, but uh, it just uh, it just baffles me because you know it's yeah did they, it, because they're not drafting positionally apparently. I th- I mean if they were, I would take Drysdale, <laughs> and so <laughs> I I mean I don't know what's going on. I guess they really like them. But, man, yeah, it's just it's not the pick to make here, I don't believe. Um, I just don't think you're getting good value. Really, really, a lot of these yeah. transactions, drafts, trades is about getting good value in your assets. And I don't think you're getting that in Jake Sanderson. You wanted to trade down from number five, get him later. That's fine. He's probably not available because teams overvalue him as well. But I just no, No, thanks on this pick. And uh, I yeah, I just it's, it's baffling. I didn't think it would happen. You warned me when you said you know he, this guy's gonna get taken too early and uh, I'm still surprised. I'm still absolutely shocked.
0: Yeah, too early, like I was thinking maybe six seven, eight in that range. Ottawa number five is just way too early. and Sanderson's profile picture that's showing on sportsnet. he looks like he's just absolutely dead inside. Of course, I don't know what most of these players look <laughs> like. I only see their their names and stats and some scattering reports and stuff. but uh funny phase. funny face, The uh, at least in that profile picture, not not the most flattering image of him and i mean i can't help but think that you know every year in the draft and even at the top of the draft in fact especially at the top of the draft we look back and say how did that player slide and that player or that team really screwed up by passing on that player marco rossi the sense passing on marco rossi to take jake sanderson is going to come back and bite them, especially if Tim Stutzla ends up being better suited to the wing and the Sens have a hard time filling out their first and second line centers in the next couple of years. Marco Rossi, whoever he goes to, if the Ducks take him now, if he goes to the Devils or the Sabres or whoever, I think I I see the Braden Point comparison. I think that makes a lot of sense. On the shorter end, both of them, they're pretty small players, but Braden Point... I mean, you know, one of the best two-way forwards in the NHL, almost just won the Conn Smythe Trophy, one of the most important players on the best team in the NHL, and I think Marco Rossi has that potential. He does, like, every aspect of the game so well, and he's not necessarily flashy about it, and of course, the size bias is, is not working to his advantage here, but I really see Marco Rossi getting to brain points level.
1: Yeah, 100%. And so, yeah, you, you, we, we profiled them before. We know exactly what Ottawa just passed on right there with the fifth pick. And so, yeah, just really, really a head-scratcher there. Uh, and you know, you know who I think wins with this pick? Obviously, Anaheim. Now they have Rossi and Drysdale. Buffalo will get one of those. Uh, or no, sorry, Anaheim and then New Jersey will get one of those two as well. Uh, but also, uh, the Minnesota Wild. And now they are guaranteed one of our top eight where we thought there was a tier, uh, you know, after you know, Lafreniere, Byfield, Stutzel, Drysdale, Rossi, Raymond, Perfetti, and Holtz. Uh, we, you know, this was where the halves were originally slated to pick before the plane at number nine. And, uh, we talked about it. We were mocking, uh, you know, who the halves could potentially take a number nine. And the hope was, you know, somebody would clown around, uh, and take Jake Sanderson or something like that. Somebody did. And so I would say, uh, among the bigger beneficiaries of this pick, the Minnesota Wild, uh, they get one of those eight.
0: Yeah, I was thinking, actually, if Montreal were, if they had lost to Pittsburgh and were picking ninth, right after that Sens pick, the Sanderson pick. Oh, uh, I'll finish that after because the Ducks are about to pick. Turning up the volume. Bob Murray will make the sixth selection in the 2020 NHL draft. moment we've all been waiting for. The pick is in. The pick is in. bunch of fans saying the pick is in wonderful it's pretty cringe gotta love it of course Dis- oh i don't like this <laughs> firefighters oh, <no. laughs> everyone's saying the, pick is, it. It the pick is in the pick is in the pick is in oh it's awful this is the opposite of alex trebek announcing <laughs> tim stews <Stussy. laughs> how many people are saying the pick oh. is in we've had like 20 p- oh here we are okay okay uh, the sixth
1: pick in the 2020 draft the anaheim ducks are proud to select from the Erie otters
0: jamie drysdale jamie drysdale not a bad pick at all. Nope, That's a very nah, nice pick with the, the Duck system. Yep. Uh, yep. yeah. Media, well, no, I was expecting he'd fall to six. I think this is a really good fit. And, I mean, I, I said that the Sens might, you know, regret passing up on Rossi just to take Sanderson. I think it's a lot less likely the Ducks regret passing Rossi to take Drysdale because he has a much higher ceiling. We've made the Kilmacar Makar comparison. And if Drysdale ends up at a at, at close to the Kilmacar level, then I don't think Anaheim's going to be kicking themselves too much, even if Marco Rossi ends up being a brain point type of player.
1: Nope, absolutely not. Um, like Drysdale, absolutely has a ceiling of stud. Number one, defenseman, franchise defenseman for the next decade and a half uh, for the ducks. Uh, you know, it's just, he's, he's got the offensive ceiling that Sanderson doesn't. And that's why it makes this pick, you know, it makes sense. And it's a good one for Anaheim. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a good pick. It took a, one of the two best players available at this point. And so, yeah, you can't blame them. Uh, just overall good pick. Uh, you you can't blame them for that atrocious introduction. Um, maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe just all the teams should get Alex Trebek. Maybe the maybe the the fucking Sen should have gotten Alex Trebek to do both picks. And so then you know maybe he wouldn't have screwed up and taking Jake Sanderson. Who knows? And maybe Alex Trebek uh, would have been maybe, like, "You
0: sure you want to take Jake Sanderson? You know Drysdale, Rossi, they're both still available. You sure about that?" And he could have changed their minds. Exactly.
1: Maybe maybe if he had cut if maybe if they you know cut to him live he would have just like disobeyed them and been like, we draft Marco Rossi with the fifth overall pick. Um, but alas, alas, they went with Pierre Dorian and uh, and a bad pick at that. And so, uh, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. teams need to reconsider who they're uh, getting to introduce their picks.
0: Yeah, what I was saying before about Sanderson was if Montreal were still picking ninth, after the Sanderson pick, would have been when we started celebrating immensely, because as you say, now it's Minnesota at number 9. That guarantees at least one of, you know, Perfetti, Holtz, Rossi, probably not Rossi or Perfetti, probably guarantees Alex Holtz will be available there for you to pick at number 9 instead of, you know, if Jake Sanderson isn't taken, Holtz goes in the top 8, then now you've got, you know, Sanderson, Lundell, Askarov, Jack Quinn, probably choosing between one of those. So that's a you know, yeah. a little bit of a bump in value for Buffalo. Now you got you know maybe Cole Perfetti instead of Alex Holtz or something like that. Whereas for Minnesota, it's a much bigger jump in quality of player that will that you're guaranteed to have available there.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, if we're a Has fan, we're looking at it now. We're, we talked about it in our mock draft. Uh, I was like the worst case scenario where you know shit didn't fall right for the Has pick, and they had to get somebody you know a tier below. Uh, and, uh, now we're on that watch and, uh, hopefully somebody will reach, uh, take, I don't know who who would they take Braden? St- no, Caden Gouley. Caden Gouley is the guy, right? <laughs> uh, Caden Gouley is the guy we're cheering for right now, uh, to get picked. Uh, and yeah, so we're heading into what New Jersey's pick. And so I yeah. fully expect them to take Marco Rossi at this point.
0: Yeah. I think if you pass on Ross, well, a lot of people seem to like Perfetti, Perfetti. more Perfetti. than Rossi, yeah. even on Bob's list. So it wouldn't be a surprise to go with Perfetti. I think Rossi is decidedly better, but that's just that's just my opinion. Anyone but Rossi or Perfetti, even Holtz, is uh, a surprise at this point. I don't even see who else would be, unless Askarov. Unless they're kind of interested in you know going with that goalie. I know they got Mackenzie Blackwood there, who had a pretty good rookie season, but uh, apparently New Jersey, you know, kind of a fan of Askrov, But I mean, who isn't? As for the Habs, watch with who's going to be available. I'm not starting that out until we get to like pick 13 or so because. If we're, if Pierre Dorian and Bob's list are both to be believed, then most people tend to think there's a, a top twelve that where you know it cuts off after that. I think Lundell is number twelve on Bob's list, and I think don't know what order of course it's going to go in, but I think those twelve players, obviously the six that have gone so far plus Rossi, Perfetti, Holtz, Lundell, Escarel, Quinn, in some order. I think those are the players that are going to go up until the Panthers at number twelve, and when Carolina is picking thirteen, that's when I start to be rooting for. All right, please leave Jarvis for us or Dawson Mercer or Rodion Emirov. Please, Edmonton, take Caden Gouley so that Montreal doesn't get to. That's where I start getting invested in uh in Montreal situation probably after the twelfth pick.
1: Oh yeah, we're getting there, and, and Toronto get Toronto has the pick before us this year, right? That's the deal. Yeah, one before, and so okay, that's good. And and Marco Rossi. You know, more so than really any other prospect, I think this season is gonna be. I think he has by far the greatest potential of. You know, we look down four, three, four years, even two, maybe, and we'll be like, "What the fuck was this guy doing at number seven, um, or number eight, or wherever he gets picked at this point?" Uh, yeah, I think he can tear it up, like like big time. I think he could be what I could. I think he would be like the fuck the third, fourth best player in this draft, no questions asked. And uh, yeah, I think he's falling. I think uh you know i i know there was the eighth and they really could have for for especially among four to eight they really could have like you know gone in any sort of order but uh i mean i'm looking at rossi all the way here and and uh yeah wouldn't not be surprised at all in, in three years if we're looking at this guy and we're looking at the draft uh and we're like yo, what happened what happened how who how did everybody before miss on this guy uh-huh. Rossi he had some he's had some quotes
0: I think multiple times over the past few months that he says he feels like he's ready to be an NHL regular. And I mean, you know what? His his play in junior totally backs that up. Comparable stats to players who have jumped straight into the NHL and done very well. So that's a and confidence of course is very good to see. Uh earlier today I, I tweeted my first round mock draft, which not my um my hopes or what I would do, but my predictions. And I predicted Rossi would fall to eight. To, to Buffalo at number eight. uh, that, that was my prediction. I think he should go in the top five. I think he should have. He hasn't, of course. New Jersey's pick is in now. Uh, But what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I predicted Perfetti to Detroit at four. Perfetti hasn't gone yet. I predicted a Raymond five, Drysdale six, and nailed that one. That's pretty nice. And I said Sanderson to New Jersey at seven was my prediction. That obviously won't happen now. We're off to Gary Bettman. Let's see if New Jersey goes with Rossi or Perfetti or a total surprise.
1: Okay, Nuguli. That the New Jersey Devils are proud to select from Shergarden, right winger Alexander
0: Holtz. Alex Holtz, Bam. whoa, whoa, okay. Alex Holtz to the Devils. Hello there, wow. Minnesota. I mean,
1: it's just dancing. yeah, Minnesota what? is
0: looking nice, looking pretty oh, good shit. to be a wild fan right now, but anyway, uh, well, actually, in the grand scheme of things, not really. Anyway, that's not the point. Uh, Holtz, <laughs> though. Like, like this is a, still a good pick I think, and honestly he has an extremely high ceiling, and this we you said Rossi we might be looking back in a few years like how did he fall this far? Holtz similar thing because I you just look at goal scoring, uh, maybe save I don't know Lafreniere who's pretty spectacular at everything. Holtz maybe the best goal scorer in the draft. He's I think been he's in maybe like close to Peter Forsberg and Marcus Naslund in terms of the teenage goal scoring record in the SHL. So that's pretty elite company there. Uh, and as an 18-year-old, you know, kind of tying or breaking those records. So they pretty, pretty special talent there, Alex Holtz. And I, I can't fault the Devils too much for for taking Alexander Holtz here, even though they have left Marco Rossi on the board.
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, dude's an absolute sniper. Uh, and, you know, he's got an elite skill. And that's his, his ability to score goals. And which happens to be, you know, the big thing that you're supposed to do when you're playing hockey. And so, so, so it happens. You know, I can't I can't blame them too much. I, I still think that overall Perfetti and Rossi are better prospects, better hockey players. But, you know, I, I I can see why, and I don't blame them too much for, you know, getting distracted by the glitz and glam of Alexander Holt's uh, goal scoring abilities because I think they're legit. And so uh they're not just glitz and glam, they're There's some ability there. There is a lot of ability there. And so, yeah, uh, would I have made a different pick? Yes. Is this a terrible pick? Not at all. Yeah, New Jersey's thing
0: seems to be forwards whose last names start with H. They had Taylor Hall for a while. They got Jack Hughes, Nico Hischier, and now Alexander Holtz added to their forward core. And besides just the fact that his name starts with his last name starts with h uh, it fits it's a good fit also I know we' talk about you know drafting for fit looks like the devil's kind of did here a little bit because you want different types of forwards Nico hisher is really more of a, a a two-way player a really good two-way player Jack Hughes is kind of a, a setup man or at least he's supposed to be and Alex Holtz is the sniper trigger man for for I guess probably putting him on Jack Hughes line. That has the makings of being a, a very dangerous top line with Hughes Holton, whoever on the left, with Nico Hishu as your your second line center, maybe as soon as Jack Hughes overtakes him on the depth chart.
1: Yeah. Could we look in another team? Uh I mean like two first overall picks. Uh have they panned out a hundred percent as they've hoped? Uh not totally, but uh lots of young promise. It's only promise. been a year for Hughes. And Give t- it a minute. I know, I know. But it was a rough year, you can't deny. Yeah. Uh, and but you know, look, there are lots of promise there. Uh, first two first overall picks will do that for you, and uh, I mean another high pick, another high pick, and I mean, yeah, I, you're right, you're right on the fit aspect, uh, and that could be uh, a decent, you know, pairing with Hughes or Hisher or whoever's that one C there, and so yeah, sure, could they have used another center? Absolutely, uh, you know, one, two, three, that could have fucking ended worlds if you had added Marco Rossi. But uh, hey, we're here now. And, uh, I mean, sure, it's a nice pick.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, since obviously Sanderson and Drysdale are both off the board when New Jersey picked, and the reports are they really want to get a defenseman with one of their first-rounders, uh, what do you think the odds are they try to maybe move up to, I don't know, one or two picks before Montreal and take Caden Gooley Please. before Montreal gets the chance to? Huh? You think they'd consider that, or would they risk waiting around where Gooley and Schneider might both, both be gone, and they're stuck with, I don't know, William Wallander or something like that?
1: Oh, no, that would be terrible.
0: Oh, uh, no, terrible. Tragedy terrible, terrible. To take the higher ceiling defenseman.
1: <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm looking at it right now. You know, Toronto uh, with Kyle Dumas. Uh, notorious for, well, not notorious, but just been known to in recent drafts to trade down. Uh, they did notably, I think a couple years ago when they took Rasmus Sandin uh, uh-huh. in order to secure some more draft capital. And so I could absolutely see New Jersey trading up with Toronto to jump ahead of Montreal, to nab, Caden Gooley. And thus saving us from that dark timeline. And uh, yeah, fingers are crossed yep. now, looking looking ahead.
0: Uh, I well, if New Jersey did trade up, which I have no idea if they will, and I would guess they don't because most draft picks aren't get don't get traded up, but they wouldn't give up both their first just to move up like four spots. And I don't think they have a second rounder. Looking to see, I'm pretty sure they have a third rounder. Uh, I'm on cap friendly now to go check if it's their own. Um, 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 give me a hot minute. Okay. Oh, they actually don't have their own third rounder because they gave it to Vegas in the Nikita Gusev trade. But they do have Carolina's third rounder, eighty fourth overall, which is actually eighty third because Arizona's second rounder is forfeited. They have Carolinas from the um, from the Sammy Vatanen trade. So if New Jersey did move up in the draft, Toronto might be willing to if they'll just move down three spots and pick up that third rounder. Reasonable. That wouldn't guess. That it would happen because New Jersey would have to want to, and Toronto would have to want to. Buffalo's pick is in now. They'll probably go to Bettman in a minute. Now we're just speculating on moving up in the draft. And from what was originally just a joke of me not wanting Montreal to draft Caden Gooley. Hello. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. The pick is in. I was in. done. Oh, the, the pickers oh, are okay. not going to Betman yet. They're not going to Betman yet. <laughs>
1: oh, okay, okay, all right. I'm, I'm picking up oh, on I up on Now they're, now I they're going, going to Betman. Oh, okay, right. I'm going to interrupt you. Turning okay. it up. Go for it. The made by Buffalo Sabres general manager, Kevin Adams. Good boy. We'd first like to congratulate the Tampa Bay Lightning on their Stanley Cup championship. Oh, of course. And also are, you, are you going to thank the host? The NHL draft will be made by Buffalo Sabres are proud to announce from the Ottawa 67s and the Ontario Hockey League Jack,
0: Jack Quinn. Jack Quinn. Yo. Quinn. Yo, they said Ottawa 67s. What? I was like I was like it's Rossi, Rossi. But it's
1: Quinn. Right?
0: But it's Quinn. Oh my god. They took his team. Oh, <laughs> are you kidding? This is the same
1: scenario. Oh my God! You're, you, you have a, its right
0: there. You're gonna get a premier, elite second-line center, Marco oh. Rossi. Not to mention you still it got Dylan is. Cousins in the pipeline. You're gonna dominate with those three down the middle, oh. and add, you decide to add, go with
1: Add Winnipeg, the trigger man.
0: Yeah, anyway. I a minute back man. to the teams it's that are dense? dancing right now.
1: Um are you shit. kidding? I mean you're like 10th overall, you didn't
0: want to Rossi or Perfetti, and you need centers really badly, especially now that Brian Little's probably done. You got Strifley and like Andrew Cop. You need centers so badly. And when a Marco Rossi or Cole Perfetti is falling into your lap at the hands of the Ottawa Senators who decide to galaxy brain it and go Jake Sanderson, you talk about Galaxy Brain, Buffalo decides to go with not Marco Rossi, but his teammate Jack Quinn, who, if you were born like five days earlier, would have been probably like a fourth round pick in last year's draft. And he has, he scores 52 goals one year. He's, he's never shown this kind of capability before. I know, I mean, I know he's young and scoring a lot of goals is nice, but you know, a lot of people say, oh, maybe should he have even gone in the top 12? Well, apparently Buffalo thinks he belongs in the top eight. So congratulations, Minnesota. Um, You get your pick between two players who could have gone in the top five and congratulations to the Winnipeg Jets. You're gonna get the other ones. Uh man, you know what? Montreal's victory over Pittsburgh hurts now. They could have had they would have had Marco Rossi. They would have had yeah. Marco Rossi. Ouch.
1: Yeah, we talked about we talked about, you know, when they did win that series, you know, nine to sixteen. Uh because we expected the top eight to go top eight. Um in terms of, you know, who we thought were the best prospects. I was clearly, thinking of Winston miss out on out. Holtz. Yeah, exactly. And and clearly that's not what's going on right now. And uh, you know, Buffalo just Man, what's going on? Like the guy, you're, you know, when you're scouting Jack Quinn, the other guy who should be selecting is in the, is on the same sheet of ice, and so you know, like I don't know, like even maybe at the same time, right? Because they were linemates, I believe. And so uh, you know, watching the wrong player clearly, because uh, just the head scratch. You took the worst, fucking, you, you took the worst out of the two, uh, and worst out of the three when you compare it when you had uh, Cole Freddy to the mix. It's just uh, I I don't get this pick, and you know, and yeah, talk about. Factories of Misery uh, in Ottawa, definitely in Buffalo. We've dragged on them a lot. And this pick certainly adds fuel to the fire because picking, uh, what, the third, fourth, fifth, who knows, best player available at this point. Uh, no, I, they're going to regret this pick as well. You can just tell oh, it right yes. from the get-go. Uh, it just, it's it's not a good pick. It's not a good pick. Uh-huh. Mark Richman
0: right now better be... Uh, calling Bill Guerin right now, offering the 16th pick and like all three of their second rounders to try and move up here and take Marco Rossi. He should be doing that. And if Minnesota says no and if Minnesota takes Rossi, then they should be calling the Jets to try and move up and take Cole Perfetti. I'm normally not a fan of moving up in the draft. In the first round is pretty much the only time it makes sense, so maybe like early second. And when you got players that good still available near the end of the top 10, that's the time to do it. So I hope yeah, Mark Bergevin is... is calling him, uh, providing some some you know temp- tempting offers. I'm sure a bunch of other teams are too. Obviously, I would expect the picks are moved because I mean Minnesota's laughing. They, they get to pick Marco Rossi now ninth overall. Which imagine imagine they go with like Ascarov, and then now Nashville gets Cole Perfetti at 11th. Wow, crazy!
1: because Ascarov the Ascarov watch has started now uh, officially. We're kind of getting into that range where goalies. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, goalie needy teams are happening, so a lot going on, lots to keep track of, and yeah, could could you imagine? Uh, those two slip even a spot further if the Wild take a scare of right now. Uh, just uh, I mean, I did see this happening. This is some draft night craziness going on, and uh, yeah, just bad pick from Buffalo, bad pick from Ottawa, number five, and uh, yeah, I can't believe it. I can't believe we're we're seeing Rossi. And Perfetti. I thought Perfetti was going to go higher than I thought he should have. Uh, I thought he was going to go, you know, you saw those rumors to Detroit. And I thought, you know, I eh, wouldn't be surprised if I saw him go there. But here we are. Uh, pick number nine. Neither of them have gone. And, uh, yeah, just um, I'm surprised. Very, very, very surprised.
0: Uh, uh, Mark Dubon on Twitter is tempting fate. Saying kind of, you know, calling back to how the Marco Rossi falling is reminiscent of Cole Caulfield falling. Don't think he oh, falls all the way to geez. number 16. That would be about a hundred times more ridiculous than the Caulfield falling to 15. And if he does fall to 15 by some miracle, uh, Kyle Dubas, no way he's passing on Marco Rossi. I just, I I would refuse to believe it. Anton Lundel though is an interesting one. That was a potential top 10 pick. Doesn't look like it's going to happen at, at this point, but there, I saw a mock draft on the athletic that had him fall all the way to, I think like number 21 or something with the blue jackets, which Whoa. is totally ridiculous. And at least in my opinion, or from what I had seen before, uh, if Lundell is still there for Montreal at number 16, you'd take that pick and, and you, you're laughing all the way home because that's a top 10 player. I think I've mock drafted him to multiple teams in the top 10 a couple times. So uh, we'll see what Lundell that's another play to watch a scare watch Lundell watch Rossi and Profetti still on the board. Minnesota's clock down to 35 seconds. They can't decide which top five caliber player they would like to select.
1: This is why I don't like picking right after the Leafs. Uh, I'm just scared. They're going to take the player. Like you're going to see a guy like Lundell still be there. Uh, and they're going to snipe him and I'm just going to be all night, uh, all night. You already know. And, uh, I mean, just crazy. Anyway, so I just saw a tweet from uh, who was it? It was Ryan Lambert. Uh, Jack Eichel should demand that trade now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, he's whoa. like, all right,
0: Kevin Adams, I'll give you a chance to see if you're any good. We picked Jack Quinn. Chance all right, chances up. Chances up. Yeah, send me to somewhere. Oh, Batman's talking for the Minnesota pick. Volume up.
1: Okay. Say hello to all our great wild fans across the state of hockey in Minnesota. All four of them. <laughs> and a second hello to our assistant GM
0: and brother, Tom Kervers, who's watching from home tonight. Hi, Tom. Now, I'll probably <laughs> select with the ninth pick in the 2020
1: draft. Here we go. In the Ottawa 67s of the OHL. There we go. Marco back. fucking Rossi. There's Marco Rossi. steal
0: from Minnesota. Uh, Absolutely steel. there. uh yeah. Wow, alright. You know what I, I mean, just noticed? Those are the two teams picking back to back who made the stall for Johansson trade. And maybe that was like part of the side deal. Like, all right, uh, we'll give you stall for Johansson if you also uh make a dumb pick eighth overall and let us take Marco Rossi ninth.
1: I guess so, eh? Uh, tables how the turn tables. Uh, because uh yeah, Kevin Adams is wearing the clown nose today. While uh yeah, who's who's their general manager again okay. in the wild? Bill Guerin, Uh, good for you. Uh, Just, yeah, it's a fucking great pick. Absolute steal. This guy, you know, should have gone top five, top seven for sure. And to see him at top nine is, uh, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. Did not, you know, nobody expected this heading into the night. Uh, Is it the size bias? Who knows? But uh, just, yeah, Minnesota with a big win. Uh, One of the big winners of the night. That's the first time they can say that in uh, franchise history. Uh, really, and uh, yeah, just excellent, excellent pick. Uh, it was handed the hand, handed to them in a, on a silver platter. Uh, just yeah, just fucking—it's a can't miss prospect with Rossi. You know, one C potential easily, and uh, yeah, you talk. I think it was him we were talking about where he said he could he could uh slot into the NHL right in a, you know a year or even right away. And absolutely, this guy's got the skills to pay the bills. We did our profile on this guy; he's absolutely lights out. And uh, number nine is, is too low for him. Yeah,
0: Minnesota for a long time, it's felt like like uh, they have really needed as much as anyone, like a foundational star forward, specifically center. And I mean, Marco Rossi looks a lot like he could be that. that. This could be a franchise-altering pick for the wild. I'm not going to say he's going to be a one C right away, but I mean, you look at their depth chart where Luke Cunning is currently their top line center. And it might not actually be that crazy to suggest such a thing. At least you say two years down the line, Marco Rossi, I'll bet he's the the best center on the wild. And he's really driving all the offense for them.
1: Oh, hundred uh, percent. they just done already. And so um, just, yep. It makes sense. Um, did you see, did you see Alexander Holtz's chandelier? It's making the rounds on Twitter. Um, uh,
0: no, I didn't, but I haven't opened my Twitter in like two minutes. So I guess I'm missing stuff. Uh, no,
1: no, it was, it's been a while ago. It was, they, they, they were commenting when they made the Holtz make number seven. Cause, uh, man, all time bad chandelier placement. It's just, it's, it's a pretty gross chandelier too. Uh, and, uh, anyways, I thought I'd mention that. It's pretty funny. Uh, I rewinded my feed just so I can get the, the freeze frame of it pretty excellent anyways <laughs> yeah back back to back to Marco Rossi after that tangent um yeah I, I don't even know what that anymore it's just such a great pick for Minnesota yeah and just uh a steal. It's, it's such a steal like it's just I I don't know I can't believe it man what you were saying before
0: about Toronto maybe taking exactly who we want Montreal to take one big pick before uh that's happened multiple times to Montreal in recent memory uh Pasternak Boston took 25th overall in 2014, leaving Montreal to take Nikita Sherback 26th. I don't know if Montreal would have taken Pasternak, but that's who I was hoping would fall to them. So I was smart at least. Uh, I had another one in yeah. mind that I can't think of. I mean, Sveshinokov and Kakenyemi doesn't really count because, you know, that's the top of the draft. Uh, there was another one. Man, I can't think of it. Oh, whatever. The Pasternak one's a good example enough.
1: Yeah, and so... Uh... We we know our draft night heartbreak, and so hopefully not this time around. We're, we're we're on a hot streak, mind you. Last year was a total banger, um, and so yeah, hot streak you know, of one just, uh, one
0: really good year, one really good first. That's round that's pick. what that's I call a hot streak. streak.
1: It was so it was such a good pick that you know I call it a hot streak. You know, it's fair, it's a hot streak fair. all on its own. That's how good it's that pick is. All timer right there, uh, and we don't even know what he's gonna be in the NHL yet. Just already a banger of a pick we're talking about value that's real value right there uh cole caulfield at 15 or was it 16 15 uh anyways just 15 good stuff Mm -hmm. and so yeah who's up now it's winnipeg and uh yeah you gotta imagine it's perfetti i think the the hype is there with perfetti just among the league uh so i would be really shocked if he were to uh not be picked here because uh yeah, I just I, I talked about it. I felt it was a bit overrated, uh, just around the last little while. Uh compared to prospects like Raymond and Rossi. But here we are. I didn't think he'd fall this far. But and so, you know, all this talk I think is going now. Not a no real doubts here. Yeah,
0: you would think uh the fact that he was number five on Bob's list that he would have been gone by now, but I guess obviously unpredictable and I'm sure there are teams that had him in the top five, maybe even the, like the I don't know, Wild had or the the Sabers had him in the top five. They just had like Rossi or Jack Quinn uh, higher than him. I don't know, very hard to tell. Um, they were interviewing they were interviewing Jake Sanderson a second ago, and he looked so tired, like he hasn't slept in days. And he looked uh, pretty pretty disappointed. I think I saw someone tweeted he looks like McDavid looked when he found out the Oilers won that draft <laughs> lottery. And, I mean, you know what? I can't blame him, especially, like, you know, he's from the U.S. And Ottawa, to even Canadians, much less Americans, sounds like a pretty boring place where nothing happens. Because, I mean, uh, frankly, it kind of is a boring place where nothing happens in comparison to many other cities, especially big, big NHL cities and places where Jake Sanderson could have gone, like, I don't know, Anaheim, for example, or Minnesota would have been fun, perhaps. So, and I think he's from Minnesota, actually. I don't remember where he's from. Maybe I'm mixing that up
1: with someone else, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, I yeah. I was an NHL prospect, and I was, you know, guaranteed first round pick. So I don't have to worry about being drafted or being a blue chip prospect at all. You know, I would be happy about pick. going to. Oh, okay. cut you off again. Yep, go for it. By all means, please. As this coming season marks our 10th year in the history of our franchise in Winnipeg, and tonight we
0: make the 10th overall selection. Wow, of symbolism. Crystal howard wife of Dale howard the greatest number 10 in Winnipeg Jets history to make our- Bunch of number 10s today. Wow. That's nice. Thank you. Let's just, let this
1: But first, our family would like to thank the Winnipeg Jets and all of Dale's loyal fans and friends for their love and support through his very tough fight of stomach cancer. He was a great hockey player and a very
0: special man. I want you to know that he loved Winnipeg and always felt a special connection to the people of Manitoba. We both consider Winnipeg our home. Your love and support meant so much to him, thank you. Now I'm thrilled to announce
1: with the 10th selection in the 2020
0: NHL draft, the Winnipeg Jets select from Saginaw Spirit Colt Perfetti. Mm-hmm. Yep, Cole Perfetti. There he goes. Fetty. Not a surprise. That's a great pick for the Jets no. and a great fit too. Going to be a second line center there soon, I think.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I bet they're in disbelief over there. Just, really just, the thing with these last couple picks is just – it's it just fell right into their lap. I mean, uh they could I bet they couldn't have, you know, rushed faster to the draft board. Maybe not uh maybe not Minnesota because they had to pick between the two, but even then, uh just yeah, those two must be thrilled. The Jets, you said it, it's a great fit. They need centers and Profetti is a top 7 prospect, top 6 prospect in this draft. And so to see him go here, uh did not expect it. Uh yeah, just I'm I'm just still kind of kind of in shock. That both Perfetti and Rossi fell all the way to nine and ten. Uh just really didn't didn't see this coming at all. Like I'm I'm just frankly blindsided because yeah, I just thought it was obvious. Like I don't know. Just just in my prospect evaluation that there really was a tier. And to see uh, you know, Sanderson and uh Quinn. Who was the other dude again? Quinn. Jack Quinn. Quinn go in particular. Yeah, just I'm just I'm just still uh, sitting here in shock. And uh, Winnipeg gets gets a stud in Perfetti all the way at 10.
0: Yeah, kind of uh, reminiscent of last year when I feel like this kind of thing happened in the 15 to 17 range. It was Montreal, Colorado, Vegas picking, and they all ended up with Caulfield, Alex Newhook, and Peyton Krebs, who all probably and some definitely should have gone earlier maybe even closer to the top 10 this is obviously a little bit earlier on but these are two players who could have gone in the top five both of them could have gone in the top five together uh and they fall to to nine and ten it's kind of the same thing i, I find it's similar a little bit nashville's up next and i think anton lundell i think they would be very happy to pick him uh because some reports that he might fall to T- number 20 something crazy like that maybe not maybe teams aren't as high on him as as i get the sense of but i think either lundell or a because i think that's where like the the gap is between after those two onto the next tier and i think nashville for them taking the, the forward is probably you know fills the need more they've got uc saros so he'll be there for a long time and i don't really see them reaching beyond one of those two
1: no uh i think, I think lundell's the, the pick here uh, it's just, yeah, we're talking about tiers. We keep talking about tiers of prospects. And so, you know, reaching down below the tier is not a good idea because reaching is not a good idea in the draft. Both just because you think, uh, just because you're misevaluating a player or you're drafting positionally, it uh, doesn't make sense. And so, uh, except for goalie, because goalie, you know, draft positionally, because if you have UC Saros back there who you're confident in, there's no point taking Yaroslav uh, Eskarov there. And so Lundell is the pick I expect. Uh, would be surprised. Who else would it be, though? Um, really, uh, I'm not too sure. You know, yeah, Murav, Mercer, Jarvis. Maybe even that Jarvis. They're yeah. gonna steal him uh, from us. Is it is it Gouli time? Hopefully, I don't think Nashville's so. Yo, imagine
0: defense. Nashville takes Caden Gouli here. But that's oh, the thing. That's crazy. the
1: thing. We 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 thought we talked about how you know crazy shit happens. We just saw some crazy shit. We just saw some crazy shit twice. In, like, a span of 20 minutes. And so, you know, we talk about, oh, it's never gonna happen. Would you believe me if I told you Jake Sanderson? Would you call, you would to call me crazy if I had my mock draft, I picked Jake Sanderson with that fifth pick or with Jack Quinn with that no. other pick. And so, if you were saying you know, it
0: as a prediction, then I would have said, uh, the Sanderson one at least, yeah, that one could happen based on reports. If you're doing it as what you would personally do, I would criticize you just as I criticized Pierre Dorian.
1: Right. But, but yeah, but like Quinn over Rossi, that one he makes even less sense. And so, just, you know, uh, just keeping these good vibes out there. Anything is possible. Anything is possible on draft night. Anybody could clown around uh, and make the wrong pick, and so you know it, w- it wouldn't be nearly as entertaining if you just you just followed Bob's pick. We what, we had three hours of just seeing. Okay, let's let's see who's next on Bob's list. Uh, you know, look for this crazy shit, especially when it's with other teams, especially when it's only when it's with other teams. That's with the Habs, you get yeah. miserable. Um, but but uh-huh. you know this and, stuff. I mean, the fact that they're both
0: divisional it. rivals, Ottawa and Buffalo, is the cherry on oh. top. Sanderson, mm. Jack Quinn, mm. those the two big reaches of the top ten. Last year it was uh Moritz Sider and Philip Broberg. This year, uh, the the version of that is Jake Sanderson and Jack Quinn. A couple of J names going in the top ten. Speaking of J names, I was going to mention this before. Now that Montreal's acquired okay. Josh Anderson, in a, in addition <laughs> to the other two players they've acquired this offseason, Jake Allen and Joel Edmondson, a bunch of J names they're acquiring. I uh, had a tweet earlier that they have like eight J names on their projected roster now. Like they have. Uh, a Jake, two Jake's actually, and two Joel's, and a Jeff, and a Josh, and a Jonathan, and uh, and one other one that I'm missing, a Jordan, Jordan Wheel. That's eight. If they fail, that's why. Too many J names,
1: too many J names. You need that letter, you need that alphabetical balance in your roster, yes. Uh, a 100%. And so, you know, definitely not the fact that we overpaid a third pair defenseman defensemen and l- lost great value in a miserable trade. Um, today that's not the reason why, it's because we have too many. Jay's on our team, and uh, we need to ship some out immediately before we miss the playoffs.
0: Nashville's pick is locked in now, number 11, so they won't be trading Ooh. it. Uh, let's have a little... Uh, a little. Uh, maybe we should start doing some, I don't know, manifestations. Is that the right word? Pick Ghoulie, pick Ghoulie. Caden Ghoulie's going to be gone. <laughs> okay. My pick, number 16. Someone's going to you know, take him manifestation... before Montreal can.
1: Yeah, but before Great that, poetry. I want to scare off gone. I want care... to scare off gone before he gets to Toronto. I just I don't want him to go to Toronto for a little bit. Oh me gone. too. Batman's talking. Batman's talking. Not that's Okay, here we go. General
0: manager will make the eleventh selection in the two thousand twenty NHL draft. Good. Thank you, Gary. The National Predators are very excited to have the eleventh pick in this uh, draft, and we're also very excited to have a special person to present uh, our selection. It is uh, Robin Yossi, our captain and this year's Norris Trophy. Winner is the best defenseman in, in the National Hockey north Roman, if you do the honors first, please.
1: With the 11th pick in the 2020 NHL draft, Nashville Prayers are proud to life from St. Petersburg, Jaroslav,
0: Askarov. Oh, oh. Askarov. There he is. Damn. Askarov to Nashville. <laughs> I manifested
1: good. it. It was all me. It was all me! That was Um, all you.
0: He's not going to... Way to go. And they've got the this jersey also. Yossi was holding the jersey, and he announces the pick, Yaroslav Askarov, and then picks up the jersey and turns it around to show that it's got Askarov's name on it with the number 20 with his deadpan face. It was pretty
1: funny. Good. He's just making sure. He's just making sure he got the right guy. And uh, he's got the evidence. He's got the proof. Yossi's on the case. And so, uh, okay. All right. Okay. Um... Okay, I thought I thought they were sure with you, Saros. I think you hinted at. It. I think you were talking about where Scarov could go uh, just a couple days ago, and you're like, you know, maybe even Nashville if they're not too certain in, in UC Saros, and apparently not. Apparently yeah. not, because here we are. And I mean, yeah,
0: and I mean, you know, Pekarina won't be around much longer. So Scarov takes however long. I don't, th- I don't expect it will be both in maybe two years. Could even be one before he's ready to come over to the NHL and be a starting goalie. And if you got Saros as your backup, if you want that as your one-two, great. Or if you want to trade Saros, you could probably get good value for him for some team that needs a goalie and uh, sign a cheap backup somewhere else. So it's not like uh, Carey Price or... Connor Hellebuck or Andre Vasilevsky situation, where you've got your surefire stud number one locked in for a long time. So this pick makes a lot of sense for Nashville, and I think Askarov was the best and most valuable player available. So uh, Lundell would have been a consideration, but maybe but this is definitely not a, a bad pick at all.
1: Yeah, you know, I think I've had just in the last two minutes or thirty seconds since he's been picked, I've had a bit of, uh, of an epiphany, my moment of truth when it comes to. Picking goalies, I've really fully come to the conclusion that it's fine to do this. It's totally fine because, yeah, I just talked about in asset management, getting getting good value, right? And I think Yaroslav Askarov is just that good, right? Um, right? Yeah, in circunst- certain circumstances, obviously, uh, you go- it's all about value. Are you getting good value? And I think Nashville's getting good value. And then I think you look through the future, what happens? You know, you got a couple of starting goalies. Well, you can always ship one out. There's no urgency to ship one out. So you're not losing any sort of leverage. Uh, you can just play them as a tandem, one, two, whatever. And you're just, you're, just, you're laughing all the way. And, uh, and you know, just get all sorts of return for Saros if that's what you want to do. And 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 uh, Skarov manages to develop quickly. And so, yeah. And and, and Skarov is just that good too. Uh, as a prospect, as a goalie prospect, you really, yeah, we've talked about you don't see goalie prospects this often in the first round, early in the first round. Well, he's just that good. He's stealing games in the KHL at this point. And so I think the value is there for Nashville to take them. And so that's why I like it.
0: We were talking the other day during our mock draft about how at Florida's pick now number 12, there was a good chance the best players available here would all be wingers, which doesn't really line up with Florida's needs. Jack Quinn, we thought would maybe still be here. That's not the case. Jarvis, Mercer, Amirov, guys like that. Now Anton Ludell is here. This is like a dream scenario for the Panthers because of how badly they need centers in their system, especially after trading Vincent Trocek for some reason. And Anton Lundell has been described by a lot of people as kind of a poor man's Alexander Barkov. So Barkov will probably be sticking around there for quite a while. You take Anton Lundell here, he grows into a second line center, and you got those those two Those two players, great two-way centers, playing a similar style of game. I think Anton Luedel is basically a perfect fit in Florida, and I also happen to think that he's pretty much head and shoulders above all the other players remaining in terms of value on the board. So this should be a no-brainer for the Panthers. But of course, uh, you know, nothing is nothing is a shoe in here except Lafreniere, as as we've seen so far.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, given all those reasons that you stated. that's exactly why Florida will undoubtedly take Caden Gooley uh, at 12th overall. uh, Because, you know, just first of all, just manifestation. But second of all, you know, the nonsense with this organization is high as well. And so, you know, you have the perfect pick lined up. A guy who is a positional need, like just by coincidence, but who's also just a stud as a prospect. And, you know, we'll build Zito, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, whiff. And take our boy, Caden Gooley. Uh, I am certainly hoping so at this point because that would be pretty sick. Uh, take the keys away from Mark Bergevin. Please, no, take the I keys think, away. I think what
0: you have to try yep. is the same thing you tried with Ascarov in Nashville. You have to say, I really hope Caden Gooley doesn't fall all the way to Toronto at 15.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay, I wouldn't. I sure wouldn't want a low-ceiling defenseman like Caden Gooley <laughs> go to the Toronto Maple Leafs. At fifteen, uh, that would be terrible. Stuff of nightmares. I think you can tell my heart's not in that one. But you know, it's just well, the prayers. I don't, think, I don't think that
0: matters. I don't think the emotion is okay. just the words. That, that's all we need. That's all we need. Okay. I, right. the expert on draft manifestation, am telling you what must be done. Florida's pick is in now. We are, like, we so we're no, dabbling no, in
1: serious draft witchcraft over here on this podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, mixing our potions and everything. Uh, oh, yeah. No, no draft pick trades yet. Uh, since Florida's okay. pick is in and now they're going to Gary Bettman who is beginning to talk volume on the TV goes up.
1: We'll make the 12th selection for the 2020 NHL draft.
0: On behalf of the Florida Panthers, I'd first like to thank our fans for their support during these difficult times. The Panthers would like to select from IFK Helsinki, centerman Anton Lundell. Good pick. There he goes. Yep. The right, the right selection. That is a that is a steal for well, maybe not a steal, this is probably his right range, but a, a very they're probably very happy to come away from this draft with a great player who fits uh, a positional need. So as I predicted, the projected top twelve do go in the top twelve, not in any particular order, but there they go. And now with Carolina at thirteen is where things really start to open up, with Carolina definitely taking Caden Gooley, thirteenth overall in a couple minutes.
1: Mm. Yeah, we can already talk about the implications of that pick. Uh, I mean, please, please. Uh, wait. So Carolina, yeah. Um, uh, if there's one team that's not going to take a defenseman, it's this one, which is also why they're going to end up taking Kaden Gooley at 13th overall. Uh, just uh, yeah. Uh, so this pick here, Florida. We we've already talked about it. Um, just nice fit, nice pick, Bill Zito. It's a it's a it's a nice it's a nice double uh, into the gap today. Uh, with this pick, and so uh. Yeah, good for them. Good for them. Yeah,
0: the hurt. This is where things really start to open up, and this kind of this reminds me of the uh, the twenty eighteen draft from two years ago in the sense that at that time Bob's list he said that there were twelve players who were in the top five on at least one of the scouts' list that he surveyed, and those twelve players ended up being the first twelve players selected, and at number thirteen is when things opened up. Dallas was picking that year. We were thinking they might. Might go with Joel Farabee, Ty Smith, Joe Valeno. They had options. They ended up going with Ty DeLandria, who was projected by most to be a much later first-round pick. I don't know if we get the same kind of level of surprise here with Carolina. If they go with someone like, I don't know, Ridley Gregg or something crazy like that. I think we're probably looking at a situation where one of, in my opinion... The best three wingers left, also the best three players left, Dawson Mercer, Seth Jarvis, Rodion Amirov. I think Carolina is going to end up taking one of them because they tend to, just like I do, like to go for that high skill forward, high ceiling player, not to mention, as you said, and as I mentioned, I think a couple of days ago, Tom Denton said when he bought the Hurricanes that they would never be taking a defenseman in the first round as long as he owned the team. So if we're speaking realistically, you can probably scratch Caden Gooley off the list of candidates.
1: Yeah, but it is draft night. You never know. I can still hope. I can still, you know, brew my potion and uh, put on my witch hat or whatnot. And uh, here we go. And so, uh, yeah, uh, this it really does open up here. And this is the there's no real obvious pick. Obviously, we have our three guys who we think are the should be the next three guys. Uh, But you know, aside from that, uh, I mean, yeah, I could I could see I don't know somebody that somebody just rise. And it doesn't even have to be Caden Gouley. It can be one of them, one of them other forwards. Uh, And so, yeah, we just really, we just need one, right? We need one of the three teams ahead of us to like not pick one of our, to go on the unexpected route. And that would leave the Habs with one of Jarvis, Mercer, or Amirov. And so that's what we're looking at. Now we've really started the Habs watch now that it's kind of opened up, as you've said. And uh, here we are. And just, you know, I'm going to take a break, actually. I need to go uh, get some water, if you don't mind. So, uh yeah. just before right. I'm gonna catch it just before this next pick comes in
0: okay uh, while you're gone I'll keep talking and I'll talk about the fact that my, my like my nightmare scenario is probably uh it's not that Jarvis Mercer and Amirov are all gone because if that happens and that happens sometimes the board doesn't shake out the way you want what I really don't want to happen is one of Mercer Amirov Jarvis or multiple of them are still available and then Montreal passes on them to take anyone, much less Caden Gooley. That's what I really don't want to happen, and that's what I'm worried about. I had the same kind of thing last year when I was talking about, oh, I hope Ca- Caulfield falls to Montreal, but by the time the draft rolled around, I had pretty much convinced myself there was no chance it was going to happen, but I was much more worried still about the fact that Caulfield would be there and they would pass on him than that he would be gone altogether. Because if he's gone altogether... He's gone altogether, and you, you you just have to live with that. I don't know if Taisei still has like his headphones on. If he can hear me, if he has Bluetooth, I don't I think so. Oh, did you? Uh, could you? You don't have Bluetooth, do you? So you couldn't hear me, right? No. Okay,
1: I don't know. I don't know what you are saying.
0: All right, all I, I was just talking about the fact that uh, I'm much more worried about the fact that. Mercer, Jarvis, or Amirov will still be there for Montreal and they'll pass on them than if they're all gone. Because if they're all gone, then sometimes the board just doesn't shake out your way and you have to live with it. But if they are there and they pass on them, that's a tangible mistake and that's very frustrating.
1: Wow. We really live in a pessimist world, don't we, as has fans? Oh, of uh, Just because, yeah, and you texted me yesterday. You were like, you know, I've got bad vibes about this day uh, based on what, you know, Montreal could do. And I was like, you know, I was laughing at you uh, or, or, you know, laughing at all of us really in the has fandom for, you know, we're all kind of miserable here when it comes to expecting Berger's move. Rightfully so, I might add, given what we saw today with the Domi trade. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, wow, isn't it, isn't it funny? Like, we're not even. Yeah, we're already anticipating the pain of passing on a guy uh, oh, yeah. who, uh, one of those three guys. And so, uh, you know, <laughs> would be nice to, to have some optimism one of these days, but uh doesn't seem, cool, doesn't seem like uh, it's, it's time for that.
0: They had Sam Cosentino's best available list on the side of the screen on Sportsnet a second ago, and I don't remember it because it's gone now. Number one was Mercer, number two is Ghoulie. I think Jarvis was three and Amirov was seven, but now Gary Bettman's talking, so I'm turning the volume up.
1: Aiden Gouli, come on, baby, let's go. You know, you know how to do it, Don.
0: <sighs> Jarvis. They do ja- took, of course, they took Jarvis. Of course, they make the smart pick. Of course, they take the high ceiling offensive player who I also had ranked thirteenth, who I would have loved for Montreal today. Of course, they take him before we get the chance. Of course, but Seth Jarvis to Carolina. Wow, from that's from the Patrick Marleau pick also. So I'm sure he'll terrorize. I mean, the Leafs, which that that part will be fun. Him terrorizing the Leafs for a long time, but he will not only terrorize them; he will terrorize everyone else. Seth Jarvis to Carolina. I wish they right. didn't make that pick because it was very smart.
1: Uh, I wish I was a Carolina fan, man. It must be nice. I mean, I know they got a bit of a uh, a crazy, like a wild guy in the ownership position, but man, they they have a nice little track record going with Don Waddell as their GM of just some just some nice moves, building a bomb ass roster over there, and so. You know, I just kind of jealous, uh, both of the organization and also of, yeah, the pick they just made. Cause damn, man, made the right pick. Made the right pick. Can't, can't trust Bergerite to do that at this point. And so, yeah, good, good pick for Carolina. Yeah, you're swinging for the fences with a high upside, offensive skill guy. And, uh, yeah, just nice pick.
0: Yeah, not just a great young roster with, you know, Svechnikov and Aho and company, but last year they had a fantastic draft also. Uh, they didn't pick until the late first round, but Ryan Suzuki fell all the way to them. They had they took uh, Jameson Rees, who had a fantastic year in junior, and they had got some late round gems also like uh, Anthony Honka, Dominic Finsori. Uh, there's another guy whose name is, is slipping me right now, like Pavel or something uh whatever i can't remember anyway they had a great draft last year and they're off to another great start this year with uh, the seth jarvis pick uh they kind of frustrating honestly they get a goalie in there i don't know if they're in the, the frederick anderson sweepstakes or if they're going to maybe take at yakka yeah, markstrom but that might be among the best teams in the eastern conference already and if you add a really good starting glue to that someone better than peter marazic then you're, you're really What's the cooking with gas? Uh, is that the right? Tr- yeah, we'll use it. Sure, really
1: cooking with gas. Speaking of speaking of cooking with gas, did you just see Seth Jarvis's fucking camera feed? <laughs> it was so no. orange. Did you notice that? I wasn't really paying <laughs> attention. It was just like an orange tint. Man, yeah, the whole thing kind of looks like his house is on fire. Which is, you know, why which is that transition. Anyways, uh, yeah, because that's that's a, that's yeah. They just need a goalie at this point, right? Because. What do they have again? Razek and, and James Reimer. And Reimer yeah. played playoff games this year. And so, yeah. Just, you need a goalie. That's your last thing. Uh, I thought, yeah, we had them on Eskerov watch if he ended up falling. Didn't we? Did we? I don't remember. Yeah, they we did. I, the, I thought if Eskerov yeah.
0: was there for Carolina, they definitely would have taken him, I think. But
1: they didn't. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, but yeah. They have so, they need Martyrs, a goalie. Jarvis so, is comparable. Oof. That's, that, that's, a, that's very high. Um, And he's got, yeah. He's a high skilled offensive forward. You know the ceiling is there. That's the thing, and so that's why, yeah, just uh, you know, jealous, jealous. All why right. can't Oilers we on the clock now? Earlier,
0: Oilers on the. Cl- this is the Ghoulie moment. This is where Caden ghoulie- it. It's going to get drafted. No, que- no question. I mean, the Oilers, they always take defensemen in the first round, right? Evan Bouchard, that was a very good pick. Philip Roberg, less so. Caden Gooley, probably even less, less so. But it's going to happen, no question. Third year in a row, defensemen to the Oilers in the first round, they're going to take Gooley. And therefore, Montreal, it's going to happen, no question. No, que- Dawson Mercer, oh nope. Pen. Rodion Amirov, nope. Save those for other teams. At least one uh, well, one of them to Montreal, please. Uh, Caden Gooley, you can have him, Edmonton. That- that's my hope. That's my hope. Two minutes on Thanks the clock. Ken Holland,
1: that. you got to pull in the clutch here. You got to come in the clutch for the Habs uh, because, you know, that's that's your duty. And uh, yeah, just uh, Edmonton, it, it's just interesting to see here. Uh, I, I can't wait to see them screw this one up as well, just as they do basically everything else. That's not handed to them on a silver platter like your McDavid. And so, uh, yeah, Edmonton's always fun, right? Anything Edmonton Oilers related is just... It's it's always they're always on the wild side there, yeah. And so you know, and you got to stick up to that label, Kenny. You? Uh, you gotta pick. You gotta pick a wild guy, like uh, Dylan Holloway. Um, oh yeah, you know, Holloway. Nice. You yeah. know, I I could, you know, I could see, I could see, I could see them taking Hendrix Lapierre, just as you know, like a guy who it's like you, the the they're the, 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 the just he's a polarizing prospect, and so you know with his injury and all that. Uh yeah. You know what? I'm making a prediction right now couple minutes before the pick comes in, I say Hendricks up here uh, to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I, I can see them making that wild pick for a wild team. Let's go.
0: I think I remember them or someone saying the Oilers were looking hard at Holloway and he was around this range on Bob's list. So if I had to make a guess, maybe Holloway would be my guess. Something weird though. They were, they were showing Sam Cosentino's best available list again. I'm pretty sure the, when they showed it right before the Carolina pick, it had um, it had Mercer number one, Gouley number two, Jarvis number three and like Amirov number seven, and they just showed it again. And now it was Mercer number one, Connor Zeri number two, Hendrix Lapierre three, Rodion Amirov four, and like Ghouli wasn't even in the top seven. So I don't know what's going on there. Oh. Maybe it's a different Sam. They just said like he had the best, best available. I, maybe he changed his list. I don't know. But uh, that was weird. <laughs> Inconsistency from Sportsnet. Oilers pick is in now, so no trade for them. I'll let you know when they go to Batman, which probably won't be long. Okay.
1: All right. That's good. I was correct. Um, Gary Bettman is on the screen right now. All right. It was not very long at all. Volume goes up. Come on. Give me some Dawson Mercer. No, not Dawson Mercer. Anybody else action? Dylan Holloway or Hendrick Klopair, please.
0: Holloway. Let's go. Let's go. go. Okay. Woo. Nice. Nice. You killed it. You killed it. I nailed that one. Look at me go. Wow, I went with my just—he just feels like an Oilers kind of player, doesn't he? Holloway, he
1: does. You know, kind of
0: Uh huh. Yeah, I saw another like a seven-round mock draft. I think, where they had them taking a goalie named Chase Yoder in the seventh round. I was like, that's an Oilers name, Chase Yoder. Ah, ah. <laughs> anyway. Chase
1: fucking Yoder. Holloway oh, to Edmonton. Excellent. Okay,
0: Holloway to Edmonton. Here's how I feel. Here's how I feel now. If I were, if I had control of the Montreal draft table right now. I would be extremely pleased because I know I'm going to get one of Amirov or Mercer and maybe even the choice between the two. But as a fan, I'm sitting here going, oh no. They're going to get one of Mercer or Amirov or have a choice between the two and then might not take them because they might like Caden and really instead. I'm really hoping I'm pleasantly surprised again, like with Caulfield falling all the way last year. Man, I hope they take one. I hope they take one of them.
1: Yeah, the anxiety is through the roof now. Yeah, hopefully, anxious. you know, the cherry on top of it, the cherry on top of it would would be for the Leafs to take Kate and gooly and then the Habs take whoever they think is better. Oh, um, that'd be sweet. Am I am I asking for too much? Am I asking for too much? I don't know. Yes, but it is Christmas here. It's Christmas over here. Uh, not only cause it's draft day, but we're we're working, we're working. Am I gonna get that lump of coal at number sixteen? Uh, I I kind of expect it, but it's you know, still there's the hope is alive hope is live it's real now they will have, they will 100% have a choice between Dawson Mercer and Rodion Amirov or at don't least up one mark, of them man. on the board yeah um so just give me don't go for the double whammy in terms of taking else today Berger you've had a rough day let's make it better uh right now Yep. right now please with one of those two
0: I would guess is, Toronto now I think they're thinking probably either Mercer or Amirov would be my guess that they'd go with one of those wingers, but I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe they're interested in Hendrix LaPierre too. I don't know. They seem like the kind of team that would be willing to swing for the fences on a really high ceiling player like that coming off some, some injury troubles.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, Dubas has that kind of tendency with, uh, I don't know, not just injury players, but. He does the high upside a lot. He had it with Lilligren when he tumbled all the way down a couple of years ago, or was it three years ago? You have Sandine. Yeah. Uh and yeah, now you have the chance to go, you know, boomer, really boomer bust with Hendrix LaPierre Uh really a, kind of a relative unknown because he was injured last year. And so, yeah, maybe this guy's an absolute stud and you you walk away uh with another yet another addition to that four core. Um, I mean, yeah. Does Kaden Gooley, I don't remember, did he shoot left or right? He shoots left.
0: Yeah. So it okay. doesn't even fill mm-hmm. really a position of need in the pipeline for Montreal either. No. But uh, no, yeah, not doesn't. at all, in fact. That's their position of strength in the pipeline at the moment. Romanov, Norlander, we've named all the names. One fun thing, if anyone's listening to this, because obviously no one's listening right as we record, which is normally what a live reaction is, is people listening. Everyone listening to this already knows how the entire first round plays out, and they know who Montreal's picked. So they are expecting either euphoria in a couple of minutes or total despair and sadness they know exactly what's coming and we don't
1: i mean if we they're probably just they're probably still listening for our uh depression that comes uh, in a couple minutes
0: wow you're expecting sadness aren't you
1: of course of course i'm expecting sadness man we've It's a track history. You talk about track history with Don It's a track history with Mark Berger. Right, last year was the exception, and I wasn't even watching the damn draft. I was, I was uh, off doing the prom thing, uh, and and you know, and just and last time we watched it, it was Cockney and wasn't it? And we were both very disappointed. Has the pick worked out? To be determined. Looking, looking much more on the bright side after that playoffs, but we were not happy with that pick, as you mentioned earlier. Very, very unhappy. We really wanted. Uh, Philip Zadina there. And so, yeah, I've, I've been conditioned as a Has fan to just, you know, expect the misery and accept the misery. Uh, and so, you know, uh, when I saw Domi the Domi trade today for Anderson, you know, yeah, I expected the misery. And I yelled about it a bit earlier today. Uh, I sent some texts, some angry texts. But I have learned to accept it because that's what we do here uh, as Has fan under Marc Bergevin. Man, make some questionable moves. And we just have to. We have to take the gut punch.
0: Yeah, I I feel like I normally feel that same way. Like leading into the, I was telling you leading into the draft. Oh, I don't feel so confident that Montreal is going to make a great pick at 16th overall. But what's going to happen to me now that I know at least one of those two wingers will be there? I'm going to probably. I'm going to be trying to lower my expectations a little bit, or at least temper them. Be like, all right, maybe they, maybe they'll pass on them. Maybe they'll take someone else. But probably about like five seconds. Before the pick is officially announced, my my hu- my hopes are going to shoot up, and then that will make the fall that much harder if it is disappointing. But if not, then of of, cel- of course celebration will be in order. But while the pick is being announced, it's going to be hard for me to really keep my expectations in check.
1: Yeah, no, one hundred percent, man. It's natural. Yeah, yeah. Got the big hype, especially with those two guys on the board. Uh, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs. Now that I think about, it even harder. Uh, is it time? Is it Shakir time? Is it Shakir Mukhamadoulin <laughs> time? That's uh, not Shakir so.
0: Mukhamadoulin time. Don't think so.
1: Man, this is the Kapanen pick, jokes. though. That would be really joke.
0: So Toronto's really playing okay. with house money here from this Kasperi Kapanen trade. Their pick is in now. Going over to Gary Vettman. Volume
1: going up. Man, he's a bad player. A bust.